my spooky friends. This is your host, John, from Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. Ah, uh, this is actually John. Uh, I hope my spooky voice scared you. And in this podcast, we're going to have creepy guests and spooky tales and mysterious sightings of cryptids, UFOs, ghosts, and everything paranormal. So tune in if you dare to be scared. Top of the day, Trash Pandas. Welcome back to Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha Badass. How was your week? This week has been going all right. All right. I'm not mad about it, but I'm not hell excited either. Oh, well, you know what? It looks really good in here. I understand that your wife did all this work by herself. That is so wonderful. Uh, you understand that I was doing work on top of that while she was in here working. I like how you started it off with just that. That's why I don't like telling you because you like to word it the way where it seems like everybody's just doing their own thing. Like he's in the other room having a beer. She's working her ass off. Well, it looks very good in here. And I want to say shout out to all women because we really hold things down. Yeah, don't be a man hater just because you love women. <laughs> oh my gosh, you almost made me choke. Mm-hmm. So today. Um, so before we start the show off, I wanted to give a special shout out to one of our listeners. And the reason is, is because he's a loyal listener and his name is Dave and he actually lives in Canada. So nice. he's catching up on all of our episodes right now. And he actually has been able to clarify some things that we had questions on. Okay. Yeah, and it's no fan. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's things that like because these were our earlier episodes, so some of it I didn't even remember talking about until he like brought it to my attention, and Mm. so I wanted to clarify some of the things that he had told us because you know sometimes like my true crime facts are always going to be right, but like geography, oh my, it's just so horrible with the geography and stuff like that. I mean, come on, who remembers (laughs) remembers the capital of all the city of states anymore? I think this guy does. People like that are awesome, and that's why they there's other people that are going to be council members and congress yeah. i mean hell even that's going to work at gps con- companies because right. i'm not sure the hell ain't oh my God. He, like he's, he's gone all over the place and he just knows the stuff and he was like he researches it so i was like oh my gosh right yeah right? we need those people like somebody needs to repeat and remember all the stats of basketball players and football players yeah. i'm not gonna do that either but right. somebody <laughs> needs to remember them i know right and be like he scored 2022 points in his career be like good for him yeah way to go yeah well i want to say thank you so much dave and keep the you know keep the clarifications coming and that's for Heck everybody yeah honestly we, we've been reaching out for a while yeah I feel like i'm a little anxious with my words i need to slow down today but we've been reaching out for a while and glad to get somebody who's kind of giving us that feedback now Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. So here's one thing. So remember, um, I think it was on our Catherine Knight episode when we said, remember, I was like, the United States is the only place that has states. And that's why it's called the United States. Everything else is just country. Remember when we said that? Yeah, something along those yeah. lines. Well, he was like, he said Queensland is a state. So he was like, other countries do have states. So Queensland, Australia is actually a state, which okay. I didn't know that. And so, I mean, but it's not divided up a lot. I think they only have like two or three states. They only got like 17 cities. Ain't nobody going inside Australia. Well, I don't think that. Well, I mean, they don't have 50 states. See, oh, he's got to clarify this too. They don't have like right. They don't have a lot. I know because it's like from what I've seen on gold on gold mining TV shows Mm -hmm. is it's hostile territory. Like all of the cities, even to this day, are around the border. No one's in Australia. Oh, right, right. Like, death on a stick in well, there. That, and there's big-ass spiders. There's big-ass like, big everything. Ass. Like, they're the, they are, other than Africa, have the most deadliest creatures on the planet. They're, like, the most deadliest snakes, the most deadliest spiders, the most oh, deadliest no. mammals. Like, they have the most sharks just going around for no damn reason, and crocodiles. Yeah. That's not a knife. They have all <laughs> that out there. No, like, dude, I met this guy, and I'm on a tangent right now. Because I want to say they have poor porcupines out there and shit too they're like it's like death scorpions oh my gosh no i met this guy in new orleans he actually lived in australia for a while he moved to louisiana because he said he went in his garage and a spider like the size of like a dinner plate was in there but and and it chased him like it literally was started chasing him he had to get out of the garage and he told his roommate like you're gonna have to go kill that because when you live in australia they think we're tripping because we're like so scared yeah, um, and they're like, what? The yeah. boy had to just get a frying pan. Well, yeah, that's what they, and he was like, because they don't, I guess the roommate was like, it's not going to bite. It's just chasing you to chase you. And I'm like, oh, no, my no, the hell it ain't. I've never, that's that dumb shit. That's like, oh, sharks don't eat people, but it got half a chunk out of your ass. No, 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 no. Nothing chases you to go play patty cake. I've seen that in the wild. Have you ever seen anything catch up to something and be like, I love you. You love me. No freaking way. No, because supposedly they said that that spider didn't even have that kind of teeth or something like that. I don't so I don't know what it was going to do. What's the size of a frying pan? It's eating something to get that big. Oh, no. Insects. No. It's, ain't I no bugs that big. You got, you're, you're talking about some <laughs> Jurassic Park shit now. Oh, no. How did it get that big, though? Because it's eating mice and people. That's what it is. That's some arachnophobia shit right there. That mm-hmm. is a tarantula. If it's that size, that's a tarantula. They are not, they they will eat insects that happen to get in there, but that's like, you know, popping a tic-tac for them. They want a mouse. They eat birds. Mm-hmm. They, there's something that's called the bird catcher tarantula where they catch birds out of the air. Poop. Oh. Oh, no. I didn't hear about the bird catching tarantula. What and they have stuff like that in Australia. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So he was just playing around trying to give you false confidence. That thing so was, that you could go in there and kill it? Yeah. <laughs> And have less fear and think like, oh, you ain't gonna kill me. That thing would have dove on your ass. Oh no! That's when you get guns built just for the spiders. You have a twenty-two caliber rifle. Who shoots a spider? Me. I shoot, <laughs> if you don't shoot a spider. That size. Like uh-uh, a- frying pan. And now, now we on some war shit. Now we on some hunting. <laughs> This is some I never heard stuff. of nobody shooting a spider. Before. I want him and his friends to know that you don't come around here just rat a tat a tat a tat a tat a rat Like I want all I'm only your dead carcass out there too. <laughs> so the other spiders see. Tell your friends about me. <laughs> Cause I gets down. Oh hell no. Well, the other thing, because you mentioned mining, and in one of our episodes, we mentioned mining. I think you were talking about it. 
And he actually said, gold prices, since it's at an all-time high, it's really expensive to get. So he said, Australia has one of the world's largest mines. And in South America, there's a lot of gold, but it's hard to get to. So he said, it's, it's not very cost-effective to actually do gold mining. Like he gave an example. He said that there in Canada, there's a lot of unmined uh, that's getting, there's a lot of mines that's getting really rare. And he said that a lot of operations are spending like $10,000 a day to mine. So there's an old saying that if you want to get a million dollars in gold mining, you need to start with $2 million. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I, will, I yeah. wouldn't say it's crazy. So I, I will feel thought. like, because I found out a fun fact is yeah. all the gold that's on the surface is not from Earth. Mm-hmm. It's freaking crazy. All the gold is so from out of space that's on the surface. So there's only so much gold is basically what it's yeah. like they're saying. And it's becoming rarer and rarer to mm-hmm. find it and harder and harder to get it out. So basically people, because I, growing up, I always thought, oh, like you can get wealthy from mining. Not that I ever wanted to mine. So I always thought that gold miners was like wealthy and they're not. Girl, because... I'm just saying, you know, gold rush. Every yeah. time I say gold rush, I need to, I was like, y'all need to change that to the Migos. Ounces, yeah. ounces, ounces. <laughs> right. I'm like, y'all pulling out moolah. That, that's what I thought too. That but... guy Parker, whoo, I've been watching his whole career. Yeah. I, my, my son, he, well, I don't know, did your kids do that field trip where they, I forgot where they went, but you like try to mine for gold and it's like fake mining, but we pulled out some little gold pebbles. They're not worth shit. I think this just to make the kids feel good. No, like, I've never done that. Oh, your kids have never done that? No. Oh, it's so fun. trust me, my kids will take that fake gold. <laughs> they are already <laughs> no, in the rocks. No, you so do get to, not... you get to keep it though. Like, and if, if they like, find out it's... it's fake, they're going to throw it at somebody. They want that <laughs> real gold. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't here to play with that jazz. They already collect their own rocks. I already got too many fake rocks that do so many different things in my house right now. Graphite and soulene, and we're kind of spiritualist and all that. Yeah. And jade and all that in my house. I am. Oh, I love jade. Yeah. So, girl, I'm not sitting here. My children is not going to play around when you tell me that that's a rock that ain't doing crap rock. It's oh just painted. They be like, I paint rocks already. We already got painted rocks in my house. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, my gosh, your kids do such a good job. They're going to be right? like Van Gogh one day. I don't know what it is with rocks. Like, I'm telling you, they're going to start a new, like, statement in, in art because they're just going to be painting rocks and people are going to be buying and having rocks on their podiums in the house. Be like, that's a piece of painted beautiful rock over there. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, the other thing is I wanted to give another shout out to The Tea is Toxic. I love that podcast so much. You remember The Tea is Toxic? Yes. She, she came on our podcast and we yes. actually... Yes. Yeah, I so please her. make she sure... Awesome. She was so awesome. Make sure you check her podcast out because we're... We actually... We're on one of the episodes. Don't ask me which one because I've... I don't know what number, but just listen Girl, to it all. I don't think she even told us a number, right? She was just like, come in here and just go ape shit. Yeah, and we so, did good too. I listened to it back. It, it's so good. Was we're it? On, was yeah. it amazing? It I was, was amazing. hoping so. Her whole podcast is amazing because she really talks about stuff that we need to hear, like just as people, you know. Right. I feel like one day she's gonna come join our show. It just sounds weird. I'm trying to speak it into existence, but I feel like one of these days is gonna be like a third person. On a the third co-host. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. That is so She's awesome. She's gonna be like Fergie for the Black Eyed Peas. Oh yeah, huh? Oh my gosh! And then, so co-host Nikki June, remember I told you we're gonna be going on her podcast, okay. and we get to talk about our sex life like the whole time because her podcast is there to be naughty. So oh. make sure, yeah, make sure you guys catch up to that podcast, and we'll be recording for her podcast soon. I'm excited. I'm kind of scared about your sex life after reading your books, Nikki. <laughs> I don't know what to expect from your stories. Oh my god! You get wild down there. Like I thought I was wild, but I mean, I, mean, I don't do the, the all the stuff that I guess what people is doing is really hip. I would costume, I would cosplay. I mean, a person that's kind of into some toes. 
You know, but I don't know. Mm. I don't take it all there. I'm not eating no no groceries. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm eating stuff up, though. I'm eating it up and down. I'm, I'm tanking it down. Oh, I can't lie. I will have you put your booty in my face. This is not that podcast. We're not on Dare to Be Naughty yet. Okay, but I'm this just is, saying, like, what, my stuff is just, what I'm saying is this is the normal for This is normal <laughs> stuff. The stuff I'm saying is normal stuff. When you get on here, because I'm, I'm going to sound boring is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> when you get on here and start talking about spikes and chains and 72 inch dildos. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm gonna sound like a real ordinary guy. OMG. Well, anyways, check out the Tia's Talks and Dare to Be Naughty on all uh, platforms. And yay, I'm excited about that. So, I am too. I have more announcements, but I'm gonna save those announcements for the end of the show. Because, Girl, you just keep, yeah. you just on a roll today. I, I like how you hold all the announcements to yourself and yeah. don't let me say any of the announcements. I, I wanted to let you know. Well, because a lot of the well, okay, next week you can do the announcements. I want to do some announcements. Now. Okay, because I have a surprise for everyone, so I'm saying it at the end of the show. Okay. So, but today we are here to talk about Miss Marilyn Monroe. Oh, wow. That's one of my celebrity crushes. Yeah, she's so beautiful. Man. I love Miss Marilyn Monroe. She's, she's so sexy. Like, bro, she is sexy, hot sauce. Like, in and out. Like, she exudes it. Uh-huh. Where you can tell, like, if she was in a house with her hair tied up. Yeah. And just had a t and had a, her t shirt on or something like that. She would still somehow make you look like she bad. Like you'd be like, yeah. girl, come in this bathroom real quick. Yeah, like we got company. Like, girl, come on. <laughs> and, yeah, and I like it because she was actually thick. Like she wasn't. Yes, she was like she, one of the people that was um, showing the thickest, beautiful. Yeah, I want to say she was like a size twelve. Or yeah, 14. twelve or fourteen. I was gonna say that, so I'm excited about that. My size, yeah, girl, hot. So we are, and the crazy thing is, so this is a little bit of a different episode because I didn't know if it's going to be two parts. I was kind of just going to talk and see how long it goes. But That's what you do every time. Yeah, well, but usually I tell you guys, but uh-huh. that's usually what I do. But you know what? I think it is going to be two parts because last night I got on a tangent, like kind of researching this uh-huh. episode. And I was like, this has to be two parts because I there's stuff that I didn't even know that I had to add in there. And oh. it's about her death. And there's more stuff that I didn't even know about. And I was like, yeah, this is going to have to be two parts if I want to really do it justice, you know? Yeah, this is one of the few that I had did, done a little research on the death. It yeah. Was, like I said, it was one of the people I had a big feeling for. Yeah, and I figured we have to do a celebrity, you know, death because... There's so much stuff, controversy going on around her death. And at first, you know, when I first heard about her death, I was like, okay, like she overdosed and that's really sad. But hearing this, I was like, I think something might have really gone on. Oh, yeah. Something I think definitely, definitely something's gone on. Uh-huh. I mean, did you hear one of the Kennedys is running for office again? One of the Kennedy uh, kids is running for office no, again? No, I didn't hear about that. Yes. One, I think it's his nephew or cousin or brother. Yeah. Or that, but he's running for office. I'm like, all of them get shot and the government never figures out. I'd stop going there. Right. Damn. You think about it, it's always... Kennedy is the first person and the only person in history where he's been shot so mysteriously that motherfuckers call it a, a magic bullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. y'all keep getting killed, but keep trying. Marilyn Monroe was fucking around with them. Think mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. With the magic bullet, man. Yeah. And then you hot to spice and come off on uh, disappearing and just OD on something. Come on. Well, now, what got me was that I didn't know that her death happened so close to after she sang that, that song to the president. Right. Yeah. It was like literally months after. And I, I was like, whoa, man, they might even think the wife had something to do with it. Like, bitch, who you think you is on national television? Oh, Oh, but, you know, well, we're going to get into all that. But first, <laughs> we have to start with Yeah, her. let's start from the beginning. Yeah, we have to start from her this beginning. This is like the Titanic right here. Yeah. 
But the first thing I'm going to talk about is Hugh Hefner, because Mm -hmm. this is just a fun fact. So Hugh Hefner is completely in love with Marilyn Monroe. And, you know, Hugh Hefner, he preferred blondes. For those of you guys who don't know who Hugh Hefner Hefner is, he was actually the founder of Playboy magazine. So look it up if you guys don't know. I thought he was the founder of... Yes, I'm sorry. I think I was thinking of the guy who founded Hustler. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Hugh Hefner was founder of Playboy, so he was completely in love with Marilyn Monroe. He had only spoke to her one time, but they were actually born in the same year. So. I love redheads. Really? Yeah, this is hot. Oh, listen to this. Hopefully, we have some redheads listening. <laughs> <laughs> so Hugh Hefner actually paid seventy two thousand dollars to be buried next to Marilyn Monroe. So that's the no, that's yeah. what's up. So now that he passed, that's, he got her in death. Boy. Yeah. Like, right on top they say beside yeah he was actually like man open the casket put my body on <laughs> you know what i'm talking about get me in there <laughs> i'll do the rest oh my gosh for real <laughs> put yeah. his dead body right on top face to face yeah he's like hey mary because you what's know up, baby <laughs> like, in death close the casket close the casket just close the casket right it's time well, he actually, yeah, so he actually made, wanted to make sure that he was buried right next to her because, like I said, like, he was completely in love with her. And that's why he had an obsession with blondes because he loved Marilyn Monroe so much. So I thought mm. that was a fun, interesting fact. Did not know that. Yeah, and, mm. and when he first, um, his first um, issue of Playboy, and I didn't look up the, the year that it came out, but the very first issue, he actually was able to get the rights to some of her photos. So he paid $500, which I don't know what that would be in today's money. A but, million. Right, something I mean, like if that. It was in right? the 80s. It, no, I think it was before the 80s because his magazine, I want to say the first issue might have came out in the 70s or something like that. Well, but, I think it would be relative. I want to say it's 10 times now. It's like yeah. it would maybe like 5,000. Mm-hmm. Just realistically, so, or like, you know, eight, they have about 5,000. Yeah, so Marilyn Monroe was actually the very first centerfold yeah. in yeah. his magazine. Isn't that amazing? Because he, you know, he got permission, he, you know, bought the photos, and yeah, he actually put her photos, she was the very first girl, and his, that's how his magazine just blew up. So I thought that was amazing. So she, was there, she was the first Playboy? Yeah, she was the very first one, but she didn't actually pose, because like I said, he never actually met her, he only talked to her on the phone once, mm-hmm. but he was able to buy the rights to some photos that she had already did, and that's how he launched his magazine. Oh, Okay. So mm-hmm. she was already taking nudes. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it. I'm about to get into her beginnings. Okay. Now, Norma Jean, and by the way, for the beginning of the story, I'm going to call her Norma Jean Baker because that's her actual name. And then I'll switch over and start calling her Marilyn Monroe when she changes her name. Oh, when, so she, but when she comes out, this is yeah. going to be a revealing story. This is going to be a revealing story. Let's go through this life journey with you, girl. I'm yeah. ready to sip in my tea. <laughs> So Norma Jean was born June 1st, 1926, and she was born in Los Angeles. You think Norma Jean was as hot as Marilyn? Yes, absolutely. I saw pictures of her. Actually, I'll post a before Marilyn picture. She was beautiful. She had, yeah, she was like, a, she was like a little brunette. Actually, her hair looks kind of reddish. You know, you see what I'm saying? Very pretty, like, yeah. Bruh, before bruh, she became don't have that. all the fun, bro. I'm telling you, wild and spicy redheads and Latinas. Mm-hmm. Woo! Latinas are wonderful. <laughs> Bam. So her mom's name was Gladys Pearl Baker and her mom was actually from Mexico and she had come to California. Now Gladys ended up marrying an abusive man named Ned Con Newton Baker and he was about nine years older than her, but he was like super abusive to her. So they had two children together after she divorced him, you know, but she had divorced him after. After she divorced him, she took her children and she moved to Kentucky where there, Gladys worked as a film negative cutter. And then she married a man named Martin Edward Martison. And that was a very short marriage, you know. 
Now, after that, she met Norma Jean's dad as a co-worker, and his name was Charles Stanley Gifford. <clears throat> so Gladys was mentally and financially unprepared for kids, you know, but at this time, you know, Norma Jean, her childhood was stable and happy, you know, and, you know, everything that she could remember about this time was stable and happy, even though Gladys was having some mental health issues during this time. Mm -hmm. So Gladys ended up placing Norma Jean with uh, with the Christian foster parents and their names was Albert and Ida Bolander. And so that was in the rural town of Hawthorne. So she ended up living there for six months until she was forced to move back to the city for employment. So Is she this had, all part of the good times. Well, this well this was was this is when it starts getting rocky a little bit. Okay. Because she had to leave Norma, you know, with these people. And then, you know, it was during the nineteen twenties, so it was really hard for her to find work. So unfortunately when she had to move away, she could only visit her on the weekends. You know, like playing some of these Wild West games in the nineteen twenties for a woman, you ain't have much to do. Either you was like prostituting or you were serving drinks. Yeah, or well, or she was like a, a film cutter or something like that. It was, but you're right. We didn't have very many options. We didn't. Oh my god! And I found out actually, fun fact, that a lot of theater was actually not allowing women. Oh, to <laughs> the, watch movies, not to, to be in the plays. There was oh. not. You guys, the Romeo and Juliet, the original Romeo and Juliet, the actors were two men. No, there I was didn't know no, that. Women were not allowed to get up there and show sexuality like that. Oh, that makes so a that lot would of, make sense. Yeah, so a lot of movies. Well, I wouldn't even say movies. I don't think it made it all the way that far. But a lot of early theater and a lot mm -hmm. of theaters, the stuff began of the romance was two men. That's wild. Yeah. Damn, we really literally had no rights. Like I knew we had no rights, but we literally had no rights. You couldn't rights. even become a, a movie star or act, a famous actor. Damn, you know that was actually a man that was looking like a woman. Mm, mm, mm. But now we all. But the funny thing is, is they were so against being gay at the time too. So mm -hmm. weird, but you got these men up here kissing for the best love story ever. Oh yeah, mm, right. That <laughs> man, that gives you something like to, that. Yeah, <laughs> that gives you something to scratch your head about, right? So, so at this point, Gladys is coming back to visit Norma on the weekends. And in the summer of 1933, Gladys bought a small house in Hollywood and she was able to get a loan from the homeowners loan corporation. And at that time, you know, Norma was seven years old. So, you know, she moved in, she was able to get her daughter back, you know, she moved in with her, but they shared the house with lodgers and these lodgers were actually actors. The actors was George and Maude Atkinson. And then they had a daughter named Nellie. So the, so now it's like she bought the house, but she has to share, you know, so she can afford the payments and stuff like that. Is she reading the room out or you mean she's sharing the lead, the mortgage? Well, she's sharing the mortgage. I don't know. It doesn't say because I know she bought the home. I don't know if they are on the mortgage with her or okay. if they if she just rented out portion of it to them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how far that went. I just know that they were there for a short amount of time. Okay. And so in January 1934, Gladys ended up having a mental breakdown and she was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So after seven months in a rest home, she was actually admitted to the hospital and there she couldn't actually be in contact with Norma Jean at this point anymore. So in case you're wondering what happened to the two, you know, because remember she had two kids before, they actually ended up having to, you know, move to Kentucky. They moved to Kentucky with their other dad. So... Now, Norma Jean, because of this, became a ward of the state because, you know, her dad, you know, didn't come get her, wasn't in her life. Now her mom is, you know, committed and everything like that. Mm. 
So her mother's friend, Grace Goddard, ended up taking responsibility for her because she didn't want her to be in foster care. And her husband, Erwin Doc Goddard, was actually a doctor. But during this time, it came to find out that Erwin was actually sexually abusing Norma Jean. And this made her become withdrawn, shy, and she developed a stutter as well because of what was going on at home. Kids started making fun of her at school. And, and on top of that, she only had like a few clothes. You know what I mean? She only had like a little bit because they didn't have a lot of money. They was just, you know, taking her in. Right. And then she started getting made fun of because this was before puberty. So she was like really, really skinny. You know, she was too skinny. So during this time, you know, she had wanted to escape her life. So she would spend time at movie theaters and she would look up to different actresses. And one of her actress friends, or not friends, but one of the actresses that she really looked up to was someone named Jean Harlow. And this mm. was a really old school actress, but yeah. I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. I watched a show called Archer. They talk about old school actresses. And yeah. Stuff. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was Marilyn Monroe. This Rose. white folks, they know, they know the, the old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this was Norma Jean. This was like her like idol. You know, she mm-hmm. was like, I want to be like her. I want to be on movies. You know, and she knew from a young age that she wanted to do this. So what she did was she started practicing with some of the films. Like she would learn the words and she would say the words to herself, you know, and this would help her escape her reality that she was in. And all this time she was like, she really wanted to be loved too, because she didn't feel loved. She was getting molested, you know, she just, and her mom was gone. So during this time she felt very alone, you know? And so she had is to. Gene, the one that's famous for come up and see me sometime. Is she the one that's famous know. for that? I don't know. You know, I didn't really look up. Uh, I didn't look up Gene Harlow like that, but that sounds familiar. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was her. It was funny because I actually researched in this case. I watched some Marilyn, like a lot of Marilyn Monroe movies, and I love them. Marilyn, I'm telling Marilyn you, Marilyn Monroe is like perfect girl like, like she was she had a good amount of personality and self woman mm-hmm. strongness about her even though you could tell that she was still living in the middle but she has a lot of strength about her way yeah. before her time man. oh yeah and we're gonna like, see how are you getting away with this yeah she didn't take no shit either so we're gonna see yeah she's on like she, i wouldn't say she's as dope as lucy ball but she she was up there like that lucy oh was, yeah she was, was real mm-hmm so now during this time, you know, she hit puberty. She started filling out. So this was, she starts becoming really thick, you know? And by this time, she was 15 years old. She was in high school and she was starting to have a lot of friends. So she was starting to become super confident because she wasn't that like skinny, withdrawn girl anymore, you know? Yeah. She excelled at writing and she was on the school newspaper, but she was a very mediocre student, you know? There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Average grades. You can still do great. Yeah. Now, during this time... See how the average grade person becomes a celebrity and then the, the genius becomes a murderer? <laughs> I didn't even think about hey, that. Hey, if your kids is doing well enough and they're not failing, they might be somebody great, people. Uh, I'm Promote still, that. I mean, Jim Carrey didn't even graduate high school. Mm. I'm still not promoting that. My daughter doesn't get anything below A. And she's going to end up killing us all. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> So now during this time, because, you know, after, you know, if there was a period of time that she had moved out of the Goddard's family because, you know, she was being abused. And so she was kind of like couch surfing, living from house to house. But she ended up during this time had to move back in with them, you know, because she had been staying with Grace, with Grace's aunt, which is her mother's aunt. But her mother's aunt started having a lot of health problems. 
So she had to move back in and, you know, she, but unfortunately the Goddard family ended up getting a job in West Virginia, right? And during this time, they was like, well, you can't come with us because we're moving out of the state. So she had a choice. She had, she could either go back to foster care, which she didn't want to do that, or go back to couch surfing and going all over the place, or she could get married and let somebody like take care of her. Those were her only two options now. That was my options early. Mm-hmm. No, I was a trophy husband. You were. I was, now, Carol, look at me. <laughs> so, it's like, hold me on your arm and I'll make you look good. Oh, hell no. So, as a solution for this problem, she ended up marrying her their neighbor's 21-year-old son. Now, he was a factory worker named James Doherty. They got married on June 19th, 1942. And this was just after Norma Jean's 16th birthday. So she actually, during this time, ended up dropping out of high school so that she be, she could become a housewife because she really wanted to, you know, be the best that she could be. Mm. So she found herself and James was really mismatched, you know, and she was like, later on, she remembers saying she was dying of boredom. Like she hated being married. You know what I mean? She sounded just like me. Remember when I told you, I said, when I was married, I hated being married. Girl. Oh, uh, fucking. Remember I told you that? I, how much yeah, I but you talked about, it? you know, people who was cheating and abusive and also, you know, using you while, as, as a puppet while they had heck of money and not respecting you as a person. Yeah. All of that different stuff made you probably hate being married. Yeah. But I don't true. know about like marriage itself you hate. Yeah. yeah I didn't interpret that from that is what I'm saying. Oh, like yeah. once I heard the stories of what's happened. Yeah. I'd hate being in that too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right. So it wasn't that I was just bored. Girl, because let me tell you something. You have a good spouse. You have a good person. You know what I mean? And I've I've ran into even just good girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's... You don't need to go no place. You can have some fun in there. So, in 1943, James actually enlisted in the Merchant Marine. And he was actually stationed in Santa Catalina Island. And so this is where Norma Jean ended up moving in with him. But in 1944, James was actually shipped to the Pacific, and that's where he remained for like two years. And hold on, a, a public announcement. Okay. Less disease. Less, oh, less disease, huh? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I've not been a hit it and quit it guy. If you're going to be even my side piece, girl, understand, I'm about to be hitting this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get burnt. No, who the hell wants to get? Yeah, no, that's terrible. And people, that, everybody that out there is fun. doing what they do. I'm yeah, trying to tell that's you, that's not fun, girl. Every time you throw it out there, Eddie Murphy said it best. You're throwing your stuff on a scraps table. Mm-mm. So just know if you're my side piece, you about to be my side piece for a while. Yeah, I'm coming over <laughs> here and getting in this. I want to make sure it fits right. Oh hell no. <laughs> So Norma Jean moved in with her in-laws because he was gone. You know, he was stationed over somewhere else. And she began a job at a radio playing company. So in the in 1944, this is where she met photographer David Conover. And he had been sent by the U.S. Army Air Force's first motion picture unit. And he was sent to the factory because he wanted to do like a, a photo shoot. Uh, basically it was basically to boost the soldiers morale so what they would do is they would come to the factory and they would take pictures of the factory workers and they would send them home to the soldiers so they could you know feel good about fighting and, you know. sexism yeah <laughs> this is just wild yeah man <laughs> let me tell you that is a public service yeah that does soldier. help 
the men out there. Like, women yeah. should have been doing that even to this day. Like, when we was doing fighting in Iraq, we also been sending nudes. Oh, She's yeah, been sending huh? some topless pictures to let us know America's still great. <laughs> now, so basically, this caused her to stop working at the factory in 1945 because he saw the photographer, David, he immediately saw her and he was mesmerized. And he was like, she is so beautiful. Like, she just needs to model. And so he took more pictures of her than any other woman in that whole factory because he was like, I'm going to send all these over, you know? And, she and I wouldn't even say that she's more beautiful than the average girl. Is She exudes the confidence. Uh-huh. And it's something that I have learned. Even if you're a person, like, look at the Allstate guy. Yeah, not a handsome man, uh-huh. but he exudes like a good amount of confidence. He dresses really well, keeps yeah. himself clean and polished, uh-huh. keeps himself, you know, in the demeanor of a person of his age. He's not trying to hip hop you. Yeah, and he'd be like, God, it's not. A, he is sexy, but you'd be like, but if you look at him, be like, nah, that nigga ain't sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> like come on now, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. You know, yeah. but and I know there's a lot of people like that. Like, right. Yeah. So when you're already attractive uh-huh. and then you exude confidence and believe that you know your attractiveness, know how to hold it without being cocky, it's a fine line. Yeah. And you know, and not, and not seeming like you're, you're starving for attention, uh-huh. it becomes like, wow, like, oh my God, I've got to keep looking at this person. Yeah. And I think that's what Marilyn Monroe had. Uh-huh. It's kind of like Michael Jackson. He, if you listen to his music, he's not the best singer. But it's just entertaining, and he puts so much into every song oh, as well. Yeah. And his dancing, and his right, and everything. And everything. When he gets out amazing. there, it's a, a whole show. He's a whole performance himself. Yeah, he entertains your eyes. Mm-hmm. That his singing, being you know B plus, yeah. is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not he's not Luther Vandross now. <laughs> yeah, you know right? what I mean. Like Luther was the only man that I knew that could sing women songs and even men out there crying like don't you remember you told me you love me baby oh, I love like, that song. oh my god I'll be in there like goddamn. Oh. when I had them sad days I'll be playing it with the window with the, out, looking out the window with the rain and shit outside like Luther <laughs> you understand oh my god yeah Luther Vandross was that yeah. one like Luther whoo his voice was like velvet yeah how many people do you think made babies on those songs? I, like a whole generation. Yeah. That's how you got here. <laughs> Thank Luther. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> if you was black in America, Luther had made you happen. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> no, that was what every black woman was listening to. Yeah, right. I really do. And that one, the bip, the bip, the bip. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I know because my mother played it and my auntie played it and my grandma played it. Like, brother, if, uh, let me tell you something. If you was a black person that was born in the 80s, you came from Luther Vandross. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah. I, I'm, I don't think you're wrong. Girl, every man had to act like they would be Luther. Or at least treat you like Luther saying to yeah. even get your draws. That voice, yeah. Oh my gosh. I appreciate it because he was bringing big men in style and it wasn't even a thing. Well, thank you, Luther, because I guess you're thank responsible you for, for my life, he right? Was, girl, I'm telling you, I wouldn't <laughs> even this without Luther. That man, his voice is beautiful. Beautiful. So in January 1945, Norma Jean began modeling for David and all his friends. And, but her husband, because remember she was still married, 
he was so mad. He was like, he don't want her to like model. You know, he was like, you're supposed to be the housewife. I'm over here to deploy. Like, you know, he didn't want her to have her own life, but she defied him. And she was like, and this is part of Marilyn, I mean, Norma Jean, cause she's Norma Jean right now. But this is part of her being the strong woman that she was. Cause she was like, fuck him. Like, I'm not going to let him tell me what to do. You know I, I, mean? I feel like it's a hard call. On I, love I would, I would not want to be the guy who's like, your girl's starting to go out on tour and show, you know, swimsuit pictures when it's not even being a thing at the time she's like one yeah. of the first women who's starting to damn near be nude yeah yeah on tv and you're off in korea and you're gonna tell you like she ain't fucking nobody that'd be a hard ticket to sell like and you ain't doing nothing with nobody girl you look like you're doing something with half america oh <laughs> so it would be like for the time it was hard on both sides mm-hmm. I, I ain't gonna lie i look at both sides with that one well, so she defied him. She moved out on her own because remember she was staying in her in-laws' house, and she signed a contract with Blue Book Modeling Agency. And this was in August of 1945. So at this time, she starts doing magazine covers, and she's very passionate. And they, she's a perfectionist when it comes to her photos. Like she just wants to make sure that everything is right. So she'll tell him, "Hey, can we do another take?" You know, because she just wants to make sure that her good side comes through. Like she's a very hardworking woman. Okay. And so this is the funny part. So basically her magazine cover starts getting everywhere and he actually gets a copy of the magazine cover because it's on the newsstands of wherever he's deployed at. And this makes him so mad. So he started writing her letters like you need to calm down. You need to be at home. Like you can't be on magazine covers. You need to stop doing this at once. Like he literally started writing her all these letters. The funny thing is if I see my girl on a magazine cover, I'm going home and tapping that ass. (laughs) Come back and say to that dude, like, who's fucking Marilyn Monroe? Me, motherfucker! Uh, what? what? Uh-huh. You think, look at her again. Look at it. Look at hard. Look at her on page 22. She got it all the way in a bathing suit. <laughs> She's getting it. I'm fucking that boy. I tore it down. <laughs> I made her lick things that shouldn't be there. I rubbed my dick all over her body. Uh-huh. I did from her forehead to her toes. I just put it on the table like a Subway sandwich. Uh-huh. I was just going down the line like, no. Uh-huh. Just mowing the lawn. <laughs> like, who's doing that? What you mean? What you mean? <laughs> did you say you put Girl. it on the table like a Subway sandwich? Yes, I did. <laughs> and I start going up and down the line with that stuff, girl. Balls and all. I'm, put, I'm rubbing it on her body like, girl, this is me right here. <laughs> like, bro, enjoy it. Yes, she on magazine covers and I hope she get a movie too. That's what I tell oh. my friends. Like, oh. boy, what? Oh, hell. <laughs> I take pictures of myself. You and put them on the internet myself and make them leak. Like, oh, leak footage of, of Marilyn Monroe having sex, just tapping that ass. Wop, 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 wop. Don't even stop for like twenty. She's like, why are you just doing it so hard for like four minutes straight? Like, girl, I had to prove a point. <laughs> but anybody out there watching, this is how he gets down. Oh hell no. <laughs> But it's funny that you said that because can you imagine being that first husband and you fumbled the bag with Marilyn Monroe? Like, you had Marilyn Monroe and because you couldn't just let her do her. Bruh, I'm telling you, the next guy would fall in. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not (laughs) leaving no room for the next. I'm getting in there. You're going to know I was there. (laughs) (laughs) I fumbled the bag my ass. Like, you might need some surgery down in your other spots. You hear what I'm saying? Like, to tighten it back up. I'm in there. Uh, you gonna make her have to get the surgery girl I want her to know and she got to get pregnant like you having a baby 
Oh my! I'm about to be one of them no good Negroes. I'm about to be uh, <laughs> Kevin Federline in that boat. I'm about to be turning to Federline over there. Like, and you're getting a baby. <laughs> and I'm gonna be in the background too. And some of your pictures is behind, putting the holding the curtains. <laughs> like, where's Waldo? Like, whose eyeball is that? Me. <laughs> <laughs> trying to start my fame. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the agency basically said that man, this is where we get to her being more curvaceous. They put her as like, you know, pinup. She was like a pinup model versus high fashion model. So she was featured in a lot of advertisements, men's magazines. And by 1946, she had appeared on 33 magazine covers for publications such as Pageant, U.S. Camera, Laugh, and Peak. So also, Monroe signed a contract with an acting agency as well in June 1946. Mm. So this is when it's really going to start. She's doing it. Now, during She's this- Beyonce before Beyonce. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, because now this is during the time where she went ahead and started straightening and bleaching her hair blonde. This is when she's going to start getting her moniker. You know? Right. And I think she actually kind of did it for like the, the, the pizzazz of black and white TV. Oh, yeah. Because you know she started off you, Yeah, she yeah. did start off a brunette as a regular, you know, beautiful person, probably even reddish hair. Yeah. That's what's hot. Uh-huh. And then, you know, was just trying to do something. If you think about black and white TV, that's the reason why the soccer balls are black and white. Mm, so it's easier to see on TV. Oh yeah, you know what? I keep forgetting that we had black and white television, and her male, her hair popped on black. Right, and white. so yeah. yeah, on black and white TV, her hair popped, and yeah. he was like, "Whoa, okay, yeah." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she already knew how to market herself. Yeah, she knew how to market herself. Mm-hmm. Use that to make her stand out. Yeah. Because you know what, she was like the only platinum blonde that I remember on TV. Because because watching even watching the movies, her co-stars all had brunette hair. Right. So either you yeah. was taking a chance because mm-hmm. she took a real chance. Because people used to say it, it was as you know that, that your darker hair was fitting your face. Like these are the times where, you know you had the darker hair actors and all that. Yeah. Stuff. And they used to say it would give more form to your face against yeah. the background. Mm-hmm. And she went the opposite direction. She actually was a pioneer in that way. Yeah. And taking a chance mm-hmm. of just. But I'm going to just go all white. I'm going to go platinum blonde. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And it works, you know. <clears throat> so once she signed this contract, she was given a screen test by Ben Lyon. And he was the executive at 20th Century Fox. So Ben, at first, he was like, he wanted to, he's going to take a chance on her, but he hated her name. He didn't like Norma Jean Baker because he was like, nobody's buying into that. So what kind of name is Norma Jean Baker? So he was like, you have to pick a more sexier name, you know, if I'm going to take a chance on you. So this is when she becomes Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Now, Ben picked the name Marilyn because he said that she reminded him of a Broadway star that was named Marilyn Miller. And Monroe is actually her mother's maiden name. So that's how she became Marilyn Monroe. Nice. Now, during this time, she actually divorced her husband because he was still tripping out and not wanting her to do this. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so she officially, officially just let him go. Yeah, I raised my stock market. I wouldn't have let her go that far. It made it been like something that had to be on her fault. Yeah, we get off because then after that you'd be like, "You was with Marilyn Monroe and she did what to you, you poor man." Oh my god! Oh my gosh! You'd be that good woman that Marilyn couldn't be. be. Like, yes, you will. Girl. Oh my god! What would you say that she did? Oh, she'll do something. I'll just stay around until she does and be beating it up. <laughs> Oh my she, god! The point is, is that Marilyn wouldn't be able to dump me because I'd be doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> it had to come down that you did something to fuck up, right? 
Right. And actually, Marilyn was such a good woman. Like, we're going to see, like, through all these relationships, she was such a good woman. That's what I'm saying is like, I'd have been good back. Yeah. I'd have been, oh, my God, good back. You wouldn't be able to write nothing bad on me. Like, even if we was in a strip club, I'd be just looking at the wall like I'm retarded. <laughs> like, no, nope, I don't see nothing but stars. Me and Forrest Gump. <laughs> what is going on? Like, bruh, I'm not paying attention to nobody else but Jenny. Uh, <laughs> you have the strip club looking at the wall. What the? Like, girl, that's all I'm saying is like, I'm not, I'm just not sitting here. Gonna give up a good thing. That's like yeah. Oprah. Oprah right. if, I, if Oprah sold that she was interested in me, she could pull up in the car right now. We're gonna have a whole problem. I'm trying to tell you right now. Number one, it's gonna be divorce. Number two, it's gonna be like, Oprah, let me show you how a man's supposed to look at you. Oh I my ain't God. never looking no place else but in You would divorce girl. your wife for Oprah Winfrey? You would divorce your wife for Oprah Winfrey. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Stedman lives in the backyard and got a house bigger than both of ours put together. Okay. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I will put it on Oprah so platinum that she would, girl, not only would she have me moving in there, she had me renaming the butlers. <laughs> like, I'd be in there. Like, Oprah, I'm going to show you what love is, girl, and I'm going to send her, I'll, I'll spend my own money. Like, don't give me a dollar. I would buy you roses myself. I get a full time job just to send her ass flowers. <laughs> Let her know I love you. It's a job. All I got this job for is to send you gifts. <laughs> uh, what kind of job would you get if you was with Any Oprah job. Winfrey? Any job. What you mean? <laughs> you better go out there and do something. They said they paying people $20 an hour to go to McDonald's. I would run that bitch. <laughs> I would be up in that motherfucker <laughs> and use every dollar. I'd rename the one that I work at called Oprah. It wouldn't even be for creative. It'd just be called Oprah with the golden arts and everything <laughs> this is, are we at mcdonald's or are we at oprah like girl she is the shit what you mean <laughs> i can't take it i'd have a chain on my neck that said oprah oh my uh, god tupac tattoo with thug life i'd have across my stomach oprah <laughs> like what you mean so- i ain't messing this up and don't you mess it up for me you might get assassinated right because really, I'm still chirping about who fucks shit like this up. Like, man, what? man. Oh my God. I think being Marilyn Monroe would have had a good life too. The only thing that would have made it hard is if Oprah don't give it up. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I need some loving. Oh, wow. If Oprah's one of them stingy with the note chicks and she seems like, you know, she's too rich to be worried about, you know, yeah. opening her legs or bending over for somebody. I can't even, I don't even know if I can ask Oprah to bend over. Like, think about that. Could you ask That's, Oprah? It's the, there's a respect level there. Right. I feel like, like she's it's too, too much respect. powerful. Yeah. That's like asking Michelle Obama to bend over. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Like, hands on your knees. You can say that to, you know, your friend. I can say that to you. Look you straight in the eye, but I can't say that to Michelle Obama, though. What? You don't have the same respect for me that you have for Michelle Obama? No, I do not. Come on now. Are you Obama? Okay. Like, have you run the country? You know what? <laughs> You know what? I'm going back. Are you a billionaire like Oprah? Okay. I'm literally fixing to sit here and go back to the story now. You can tell me to put my hands on my knees. I ain't got no billionaires neither. You ain't got no money. You know what? All women are equal. And Uh, you need to respect uh, us. Are all all men equal? Are all men equal? Am I the same as Jay-Z? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I'm Jay-Z? But you should have the same respect. Everybody needs to have the same respect. No, all people. All people are equal. Yeah, all people are equal. But all dollars are not. Okay, all dollars. You hear what I'm saying? So if you once you over a certain level, but you need to have the same respect for everybody. Girl, please, I need I need that nasty. So if you're telling me what you, I'm equally disrespectful is what I'm trying to say. I want somebody who getting in that nasty. I'm not talking to you nice when we get in that bedroom. I'm talking naughty. (laughs) 
I'm not gonna be like, please, ma'am, can you please bend over and so I can touch thine booty? Ah! Nope. <laughs> what the fuck? This is, is not gonna have a move going. Oh, what the fuck? Please, is... madam, so I can fill upon thy buttocks. Ah! <laughs> no, that's not how I'm talking. What the fuck is going on right now? Damn. Did somebody put something in your drink? Because you're just on something right now. Girl, I'm just telling you about how I would talk to Oprah versus the average person. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> It'd just be a little difficult. But well, I had to go to the gym a couple of times and I had to get a motivational speech in the mirror. Like, yes, you can do it. You, you believe. Like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then go in there and talk to Oprah. Be like, yeah, girl. Hands on your knees. Like, I practice. <laughs> do it like you practice. I'd have to have a coach in my ear. Like, come on, do it like we practice. Like, okay, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, after Marilyn Monroe divorced her husband, she focused really on becoming a star. And, I mean, she really put her all into it because this is what she wanted. So at the time, she didn't have a car. So what she would do is she would have to ride her bike to the studio or she would take the bus. But she was there every single day, whether she was filming, whether it was her turn or not. Now, this is hard work right here. Like, this is actual work, you know? She was James Brown in them. Yeah, she wasn't playing around. She would ask all kinds of questions. She would ask publicity teams questions. She would ask makeup artists questions. You know, she would actually really sit here and really wanted to get herself educated, not just about the acting part of the industry, but everything in the industry. Now, Monroe ended up, you know, she still had her contract with the acting agency, but and so she actually renewed her contract because Ben really started seeing the star in her. At first he was like, eh, he don't know. But now he really started seeing that she could be a star. Now, Daryl Zanuck, he was the head executive of the, of the studio. He didn't think that Marilyn was special. He didn't see like what the big deal about her was. You know, he didn't think she was photogenic either. So he opted not they, to renew. Not everybody thought she was pretty. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It's that exuding. Mm-hmm. So now he opted not to renew her contract. So the two kind of butted heads on that. Ben saw one thing and, you know, Daryl saw another thing. So in the fall of 1947, Marilyn started working the Hollywood party scene because she was like, she, she was a no-name actress at this point. She, you know, she had been in a few things, but people didn't really know her. And she wanted people to really get to know her and get to know who she was. I feel like I'm watching Hustle and Flow right now. All right, huh? Well, she really wanted to when figure out. Ludicrous. <laughs> so she wanted to figure out like how to start getting publicity, and so what she figured out was all the who's who's of the celebrities would gather at each other's houses, and the following day the gossip columns would talk about it. However, you had to be somebody important to even get to these little parties in the first place, because at the time these are celebrities that's you know really out there, you know. So, I mean, they would start, <clears throat> the gossip columnists would start talking about like arrest, lovers quarrels, stuff like that. So Marilyn was trying to figure out like how the hell can she actually get her name out there because she didn't have, she didn't get arrested. You know, she didn't have anybody she was beefing with. So what she did was, you know, beefing at one, with, yeah, beefing with back then. Well, okay. 
someone that she had problems with back then. She had no one that she you had don't problems get, and, with. Right, and you don't get celebrity back in those days with having problems with somebody. Well, so basically, because the gossip column is, what they would do is they would, you know, they would, so basically, like, let's say these parties, these celebrity parties, if somebody had an argument or something like that, or there was two people going out and they would argue, they would be in the paper the next day. Oh, so, so they still had tabloids. Even yeah, that's, really? so that's what she was trying to do was she like, it wasn't tabloids like this, but it was like paper, like newspaper, like black and white newspaper. But they would call I mean, it the, newspapers. Well, the yeah, gossip column, black and white. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. the old school newspaper, but like you know, now we have everybody has their phones now, so we just look that shit up on our phones. But back and then, tabloids, yeah, those, the Esquire, yeah, yes, yeah. I remember those. So like, she was trying to get into those because you had to do something to get in those. You had to be either a big name celebrity, you had to be like going out with somebody, you know, have a quarrel with somebody, get arrested. You know, like those were some celebrities that was getting talked about, you know, those A-list people. But she didn't have any of that. She was just a no-name actress at the time, just trying to walk around and see what she could do. So she was like trying to network, rub elbows with people. So she ends up catching the eye of a name, a man named Joe Shank. And he was 69 years old at the time and she was 20. That just sounds like a bad situation. Joe Shank, the (laughs) 70-year-old. And she, yeah, and he was actually a Fox executive. So basically she starts, you know, being friends with him and she develops a relationship with him and she Mm. starts sleeping with him. Mm. And so at this point he was, uh, he was the head. So the rumor mill just started going crazy and she ended up being in the columnist for, you know, sleeping with him because he was the head executive. And they was like, who is that blonde that's on his arm all the time? Like they really wanted to like know her name. Mm. So... He actually persuaded his friend, Harry Com, who was the head of Columbia Pictures, to sign her. Because remember, the other dude said he didn't want to renew her contract. Put it on him. Yeah. So, so, so she, baby girl, put it on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had her playing. He, she had him playing Ja Rule. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She knew what she was doing. That's my girl, Marilyn. Girl. Work it. So she received a six-month contract from him. And from him, she was cast as a burlesque dancer in this, um, it was a film of Ladies of the Chorus. So this was like her first actual lead role that she got. And so honestly, so then Khan invited her to a private yacht, you know what I mean? So he called her into the office one day. And this is, this is the other guy's friend, right? Because she signed with him. So he calls her into the office and he was like, Hey, I have a private yacht. You know, I wanted you to party with me. And she was like, okay. Like she was like, so like, but she found out nobody was going to be there. She was like, yeah, like me and your wife, you know, she was talking about like his wife and stuff. And he was like, no, it's just going to be me and you basically telling her like, you have to sleep with me, you know, because Mm. he knew that she was sleeping with the other dude. So he was like, well, now you're going to have to sleep with me too. You know? So she declined that. And yeah, that, which is what a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like this is like, you know, sexual harassment, fucking real well no and also during those times it was a big fear thing like she really did a power move Mm. at a time when women had to do that yeah they felt like they did that's a whole weinstein thing yeah bringing up stuff that's like 50 years old oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. where a person feel felt like they kind of had to because of the Mm -hmm. power and position he held right and she was like uh you know what i'm gonna just take this chance Right. I don't care if I, if it's gonna work or not, man. Mm-hmm. Even though I know I'm looking like I'm out there on the thotty roll, 
Number one, don't thought shame me. Right. Number two, it's not what it looks like. Right. You know, and that's what makes it even sexier. Mm-hmm. To me, a woman that's like, if she's if she ain't really giving it up like that, yeah. Whether it seems like that or not, that actually is hella sexy. Yeah. Because it makes it seem like yeah, uh, only certain cats get in there. It make me feel like you're an elite club. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. only the elite get in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it was now. And so. Because of this, he actually fired her from Columbia, you know, for not wanting to sleep with him. And despite the fact that, because remember, she had just got her first lead role. That movie was actually doing very good in the box office. But he was like, nope, you're still fired, you know. So after this, she fell behind on her rent and the car that she actually had got repossessed. What happened to her 70-year-old rich-ass boyfriend? You know, I don't actually know, like, what happened to him after, you know, she he got her this opportunity, and I don't know actually what happened to him. Right, you know? like, you know, you, you got him to put you in a movie, you got all this other stuff, like, what happened? Well, I think... I'd have kept him, like, on Happy Land, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what, like, I think he does come back a little bit, but, you know, I don't know, like, I, he's not really in it that much, I just know no, he got he her No, he let me go out and be homeless and be paying my own rent and be late, then we, you ain't getting no more of this goodness. Right, because it's like, unless... If I was Marilyn, that's what I needed you. Yeah, I don't know, unless it was a situation where it was like, he got her that, and then she got fired, so it's like, you know, sometimes people don't feel like, oh, I'm not gonna help you, like, no more. I wonder, was it that kind of situation? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, man, he must have been blackmailed or something, because you ain't getting none of that sweet, you know... Man, that milkshake, he was not going out to the yard to get Right. And it's sad because she had just started like getting on her feet. Because remember, she didn't have a car, but after this movie role, she got a car and now got repoed. Mm, So that's what, mm, because remember, mm. this dude was that dude's friend. So I'm thinking at the end of the day, do they like ride together? Like, you know what I mean? He probably like told him I was going to come out on half of this and he couldn't like afford to keep up with it. But it was probably partners on some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When she said no and he felt embarrassed, mm-hmm. he kind of flexed on him and he dude couldn't afford to like do it on his own. Yeah. You know what I mean? But still, you still wouldn't get into that sweet goodness once she get back on top. Oh, no. Oh, I'm saying. Well, I'll send you some panties though and let you stay. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I think so because hey, we don't really hear about him too much no more after that. That's why she gets it really went away fast. Yeah. Like, it was like the next the next couple of sentences later, you ain't never mentioned him again. Is yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't see anything else about him. But I guess he was just like a stepping stone. So, so basically, after all this topic happened, this is when she started having to pose nude and topless just in order to get her car back. So she started like you know just modeling for like you know random photographers and stuff so she can get paid. You know, so she did you know work in a few independent movie roles. And, you know, it, it kind of wasn't taken off, but she was able to get a lot of money, you know, from these little roles. So what she did during this time is she received cosmetic surgery and she got a jawline sharper. Like, I didn't know you could do that. Sharpen your jawline. So, is that what happened? Yeah, she got a jawline sharpening. So it, her jaw was like more contrast. You know what I mean? So that's, really? yeah, she went and got cosmetic surgery. Like, I did not know that, but just on her face. Yeah. So, so she felt her jawline was too square. Yeah, and so she wanted her her jaw to be more like you know contrast. It, well, that is yeah. it, considered feminine to mm-hmm. have it. I mean, especially in those times. Yeah, I'd imagine Superman was the epitome, and you got it a little bit too. You got a, you got that booty chin. What is the booty chin? It's supposed to be the superhero chin. Uh, you have a dimple in the middle of your chin, as well as well as a strong and protruding. Oh yeah, out and protruding. Oh, so that's, that's a good like, thing for men. Yes. Ah, uh, what? 
I know you're not fucking trying to talk shit right now. No, what I'm saying is at that time. Oh, okay. Okay, you almost got in trouble again because you already talked shit about my ears a few episodes back. Girl, all the things I say to you is out of love, number one. What the fuck? I'm going to start finding things about you. you. I'm kind of like your soulmate. What? You know what? I love you forever, girl. Okay, anything I tell you, I'm telling you that it just didn't happen. I'm just telling you, if you was in the time period... Oh, I'll have to. Yeah, especially because you have the little bit of dimple sometimes and you have the square jawline. I'm just saying, it's looking at the, the superficial beauty, is they'd be like, she has a strong face. Oh, that's... I, so then I'll have to go get my jawline That's I think that's why she did it, yeah. Oh. I'm not saying I think that is why she did it, is because it's considered a softer face. Oh, well, Asian cultures did that for not the jawline softening, but they did the things like you know restricting women's feet and bandaging oh, yeah. them up so they wouldn't grow so big, and they would mate with women that only had rounder features, mm-hmm. which was hard if you think about it because they also had weight restrictions. They didn't want oh, you to be yeah. hella skinny, but they want you to have a fat round face. Yeah, I don't know how that's supposed to work. Right? It's yeah. So it became this certain look that people was going for and would mutilate their bodies and hurt themselves to try and achieve these looks. Yeah. Like how am I supposed to be ninety five pounds but had a fat round face? That's so sad. You know, oh, and yeah. have uh, feet that's so small I can't walk on them. Yeah. You did that, you'd have been married for life in, in China. Oh no. So Marilyn started working super hard on auditions and she was like, you know, she really put her all into it. And she finally landed a role in a John Houston film and it was called All About Eve. I actually watched it last night. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm actually going to play a snippet from it. So we're going to hear some Marilyn Monroe because I love Marilyn Monroe. Like they, they would always sit here and say, well, she got tired of playing what's called dumb blonde roles. But I feel like Marilyn Monroe had a lot of good one liners. I and loved I think it. Marilyn Monroe invented the dumb blonde role. Yeah. But you know what? But she, she got tired of like, I guess being like stereotyped, but I was like, I felt like she was very witty. Like, you know what I mean? With some of the stuff she would say. Yes, yeah. I mean, but I can understand her wanting to branch out, and you need to, you know, have the desire to help your character grow out. I mean, if you think about it, Chris Tucker, he he's still smoky. He still has to fight that off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can get. I still see him. Yeah, I still see him as smoky. Like what the hell? But we're gonna hear. Are you ready to hear from Marilyn Monroe right now? Yes. Yes. A waiter. And that isn't the waiter, my dear. That's a butler. Well, I can't yell a butler, can I? Maybe somebody's name is Butler. You have a point. An idiotic one, but a point. I don't want to make trouble. All I want is a drink. Leave it. I'll get you one. Thank you, Mr. Fabian. Well done. I can see your career rising in the east like the sun. Isn't Ellen Moreau's voice so sexy? Yeah, it does sound high like this. But I also can tell the difference because I'm, I'm a person that does love good acting mm-hmm. i'm actually very critiquing of that and i can tell in her acting and even as the the guy actor too is you could tell that that's during radio time acting too where they would do a good amount of character in their voice oh yeah um it actually makes me more ashamed of my own voice because that guy damn near sound like me like you're as supple as the east and the wind <laughs> like i'm like god dang it i cannot sound gangster I wanted to be a rapper, man. Like, but you can't rap with this voice. Yeah, you know, and the way I talk. But, but you did used to do music, and you did very good. I though, did. Right? I did okay. 
Probably. I wouldn't say I did very good. It's not like I was like out on tours with like Crucial Conflict or yeah. you know Naughty by Nature or Tretch or something. I'm just trying to name somebody who'd be old so you could just say you were doing it now. Yeah. You know, Outcast, which was my favorite actually yeah. when I was younger. Um, but I wasn't, you know, I was, I, I had the potential. I did. And everybody saw there was a boss. I mean, I was, I had a lot of arrogance that ended up ruining it. Yeah. Um, one day you got to tell everybody about that story. Uh, I don't even think we would have been friends if you would have been able to sign that contract. Like, I, I would have known think, you probably. I probably would have ended up being famous. That's what yeah. everyone kept saying. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I had the people put money down. This one guy actually was giving me studio time for free because he was so confident that I was going to be famous that he just wanted percentages of the rights to my songs Yeah, that I recorded in his studios. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy that... So I, I had the potential of really, really blowing up. So you do have that musician voice now, right? I, I, I don't think so, though. <laughs> I just think they just liked the content of what was going on, and I was pretty creative. Mm-hmm. But listening to myself recorded... God, I just wish I like had one of those, you know, voice rap voices that don't sound like me. Yeah, you know, I'm the guy that's gonna be a, a newscaster or something like that, or an NBC or a sports announcer, but just has hella pizzazz. Yeah, or a cooking show or a host or something like that for a TV show or mm-hmm. or a game show, you know. But for a guy where you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna tell me about the streets. You're not looking for this. <laughs> this isn't the voice you go for. Well, so after this film, All About Eve, it actually like that this film blew up. Like everyone loved this film, and she did such a good job that you remember the guy Daryl Zanuck, the one that didn't renew her contract because he was like, "I just don't see it." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he actually had her back. He he was like he contacted her. He was like he wanted her back at his studio. You know, and at this time he starts paying her five hundred dollars a week. So, I mean, that's boss yeah, money back then. Back then, that was boss money. That was good money. And I didn't calculate how much that would be now, but that's probably a lot. I mean, I was watching Seinfeld, and one of the uh, dudes, the dude with the glasses, George, got signed to go to the Yankees. And I think he was bragging about making $800 a week. Mm. And that was in, like, the 80s, 90s. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. Sometimes I just go back and watch. I was watching Cheers and uh, Taxi. Oh, but sometimes yeah. I just go back and watch some of the old school shows to see if they're still funny. Yeah. <coughs> Living single. Mm-hmm. Stand the test of time. But um, this, this was one of those ones where I was just like, that's surprising that you're talking about $800 like you're bossing out. Yeah, but that was boss money back so, then. So yeah, you're talking about 60s, 70s, 50s? Yeah, and it was a week. $500 a week? So she's making $2,000 a month. Girl, you almost can live off that now. Yeah. That's, that's how bossing that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after this, her popularity really started growing, and she started getting, like, several thousand fan letters a week. Like, people just loved her after this movie. And the studio, unfortunately, started learning about some photos that she was rumored to model about. So, remember when she did those topless photos because, you know, she had to get her car back? Mm -hmm. Well, the studio got wind of this, and it really started damaging her career, and so they started seeing her in a bad light at the studio. So the studio wanted her to kind of like sweep it under the rug and be like, you know, I don't know like what's going on. And someone like leaked those. I don't know how somebody got those, you know? And she was like, no, she's just going to own it, you know? And she was just like, you know, she came out to she the public. She Kim Kardashian them. Yeah, she came out to the public and she said, I was broke at the time and I had to do this, you know? And so she went against the studio with that. And so basically 
she gained a lot of sympathy from the public because a lot of people was like we understand like surprisingly the studio thought that nobody would understand but people understood where she was coming from you know and she and it really increased her interest in her films and now you know she started making more films and now she received like the top billing which was like she was the number one actress in their studio because people was just so they felt so bad that she had to do this you know so in the wake of the scandal monroe was featured on the cover of life magazine and she was also became the talk of hollywood and the gossip columnist Hedda Hopper declared her to be the cheesecake queen and all her films became box office smashes. What is cheesecake queen? So the cheesecake queen, I don't know why they call it. I should have looked that up. Can you look that up for me? Right. Cheesecake queen. I told queen. you to do my phone. Oh, okay. So we're going to look up cheesecake queen and then I'm going to put it in the show notes because that was okay. a very interesting. And it was crazy because I put it in my mind to like be like, why did she get called that? But. Because she got them cakes. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, with her nice complexion skin, it tastes like cheesecake. I imagine it's sweet. Oh, Let me okay. tell you, like I said, I don't, I'll do some naughty stuff. I'm not eating everybody's grocery, but if you that special one, Maryland could be that. Oh, see, well, Buddha well, just answered the question. It tastes like cheesecake. Oh, see, Buddha just answered the question. Think that's about what... it. It's pink on the inside. Got a little white on the other. That's it. That's the cherries. Oh my gosh. We are not. <laughs> I have no idea that that's what it is. We, I'm just being naughty. We are not Maryland makes me go naughty, naughty yet. Maryland, you. you brought up Maryland. She makes, she's just, she's exudes so much sexuality. Oh. That, and I, and I'm also so attracted to her. Yeah. It I think everybody was attracted to her. Yeah. Like I'm lusting wow. after Maryland. Wow. Now, don't, don't jump I in think, here with me. I'm not trying to share. Well, not, I, I, not wanted, my I wanted Marilyn Monroe too. No, you didn't. Yes, you didn't I even fucking say, did. You haven't said that this whole time. Now you're trying to get you, some Marilyn. You went to my bathroom. Did you not see that photo of her hanging up in my bathroom? I mean, I don't know why that photo's there. Oh, but I'm God. telling I you, I have a portrait like, of Marilyn in my bathroom. Well, you have also a portrait of a polar bear, a grizzly bear in the corner of the room grizzly. too. Okay, that was not a grizzly bear. But, anyways, back to what I was saying. So basically, you know, she actually became a household name, you know? So she went from this like no-name actress to becoming like box office hits. Then she went on hard times. And then, you know, people really felt bad for her. They really resonated with her. This was during the time, especially women, women sympathized with her because as we talked about, it was hard for women. So it's like, how else are you making a living, you know, for women back then? So they was like, we're not going to shame this woman for having to, you know, pose topless or anything like that because this is what she had to do, you know? Mm. So she became completely iconic. You know, everyone fell in love with her. Then she became into another movie called Niagara, and that was a box box office hit. And my nicknamed a girl that was not a Niagara. You did? Because I mean, think about it. <laughs> now I'm going to actually be playing another snippet for us because she, this is during the time where she got into gentlemen prefer blondes. Have you heard, seen that movie? It's mm. so good. It's yes. really good. Yeah. I have seen that one. Now this is where she became iconic. So I'm going to play a snippet because it's like my favorite song from that movie. Okay. No, 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 no. No, 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 no,
I think I would have gave Marilyn all the diamonds. I mean, Marilyn was on some Cardi B stuff before, you know what I'm saying? People was knowing that it was and asking for some superficial stuff. I will say this. I, I'm not going to say I think it's hot to put the pressure on the cat to sit here and put the dollars on it. I mean, because we sound superficial. We say you don't gain no weight. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, so it becomes this weird place where you put some pressure on somebody some of the stuff that she said she said it in the cute way mm-hmm. you know and keeping the pressure on a guy because i think a guy does need to be motivated from her woman yeah from his woman to um keep pushing forward and doing what like you say so what he's supposed to be doing yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah uh but you know basically how you how you almost talking it? It doesn't matter how I look. I can be Biggie Smalls as long as I'm bringing these dollars in. You about to break it off, mm-hmm. but in the same breath, that makes a guy lose a respect for a woman. If that's all it takes to get you, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's a good amount of guys that's doing well with their dollars, and then if they like, I'm doing dollars so I can do whatever I want to. Yeah, if you have somebody who's solidly on their money. She sounds like you know she's talking to a guy that seems like he's fresh on money. And he doesn't really understand what he is with himself and that confidence itself. But if you talk to a guy like, imagine if you said Diamond's a girl's best friend to a guy like Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. You know, who just bought the most expensive house in the world with his wife. So he's like, yeah, I can give you a couple of diamonds. But after that, you're going to do whatever he tells you to do. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. he's like, okay, and I'm going to do the same thing with the next chick. So you can't tell me to do whatever. Don't tell me not to see nobody. Don't tell me when I can see you. You on my program. Diamonds. I can, I can cash it out. Yeah. Giving a thousand giving you a thousand dollars a week ain't nothing to him. Mm-hmm. He can double your salary what you make with your acting, ain't nothing to him. Yeah. So then you better salute for his thousand dollars or go back to your weak ass five hundred dollars. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is nothing to him. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like you're not asking yourself as respect more. That's what I'm saying. I do actually respect women. Because you're not asking yourself as respect more as a person when you put a dollar sign on yourself. Yeah. Mhm. And remember I, some of the stories I learned that the hard way. I remember yeah. from my some of my stories. So that's I think that's why I'm the way I am now. Like completely just independent. Yeah, you, know? you are very extremely independent. Girl. Yeah. Extremely. And yeah. but it also at the same time it it gives you it knows that whoever's messing with you has to admit respect to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I do feel like you know it has made you hard on relationships, and you're 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 almost too independent. Yeah, I'm, I'm super truth. independent. Like, girl, I, like I won't ooh. even let you open a soda. I get mad when you're like, "Do you want to open that you don't, for me?" Like, like a no. soda or peanut butter, even some jelly. You'd be like, "No, yeah. you look at me." I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Are you fucking girl. said I can't open this shit. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, get away from me, man! <laughs> like, oh Jesus, here we go. And I give you the evil eye. <laughs> yes, you do. 
<laughs> so it's like, girl, and the, the word independent actually is detrimental when you're talking about community too. But I'll get into that later and deeply. Yeah. Because independent means lone wolf. Independent means by yourself. Yeah. You can't be a community grower or a person who's growing into a relationship or a hub of a of a of a real family environment, close knit. Because you are an independent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can you can be part of it, but you're not going to ever be the core of it mm-hmm. because you're not someone who believes in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying is, is some of the things that I feel like she perpetuates with that is also in being your superficialism is you are saying your love can be bought. Mm-hmm. At the end of it all, as being a man, that's what we start interpreting. Like, okay, diamonds are a girl's best friend. I can say all these nice things and it doesn't care about the man that I am. Okay, men just nod their head, like, got it. Okay, like, it's putting in information, like, we're processing. Yeah. Like, okay, so when I go over here and make this much money, then I can hit that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And huh? you're yeah. not going to say no now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what I look like. Doesn't matter if I'm still a nerd. Doesn't matter if I got pimples on my face. Doesn't matter if I piss on myself in the middle of the night. You gonna still let me hit that because I make the money. Mm. Yeah. Well, this was during the time after she did the gentleman prefers blondes, you know. And that, by the way, that movie was a box office hit too. No, no, it, I, it was a hit. I yeah, it, it. yeah, it was a box office hit. But she got tired of dumb blonde world roles, you know, because this was when she really started getting stigmatized as you know. There's only that was one kind epitome. of role that she yeah, could play. That was a epitome of dumb blonde role. Well, I wouldn't say dumb blonde, but just yeah. like blondes getting their way in life. Yeah. It was. And so the studio gave her another script for the girl in pink tights, which was pretty much the same kind of role. And she actually had gotten a raise to $1,500 per week. But she actually found out that Frank Sinatra it was actually making $5,000 a week. And so she got mad because she was like, you know, she's not getting her equal. stop that. Stop she- that now. Uh, hold up, for real, for real. I was raised by a single mom, for the most part. She's been married multiple times, but that is a different story. Uh, but watch this woman be very successful. Watch her get a doctorate. Watch her get master's degrees and multiple degrees, even as during my child span, and be a powerful, powerful woman on her own. However, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I have anything against any woman of being powerful and saying they own. What I'm saying is, girl, you not calling the same caliber stuff. You talking about Frank motherfucking Sinatra. Well, they still talk about him like he alive in Vegas and shit like that. He's one of the three people still thought to be alive up there with Michael Jackson. Are you Are you the rock? Are you Tom Cruise? Like, you are a chick that did a B-level movie and then finally did a decent level movie that did hit the box office and do well, but you don't even want to stay in that genre. So you had a hit. This is Frank motherfucking Sinatra. But Frank Sinatra was actually going to be her co-star. Girl, so I, you need to listen to me. Frank Sinatra, she was going to be his co-star. Listen, no, be- his co-star. Okay, you know what? Frank Sinatra is the same man where the mafia will pay for him personally to come and sing at their weddings. And he was part of, yeah. So I understand that, but... You ain't big... Is she Michael Jordan? No, but at the same time... He that, was getting... Let me tell you something. He was getting paid $5,000, and I, I will tell you the same thing. Michael Jeffrey Jordan is the same person who's in the scenario. I don't what? think he got paid enough. Uh, you saying that you only got... You got 1500 and he got 5000 He wasn't getting paid enough. Ha! <laughs> 
with the This is Michael Jeffrey Jordan and this is on the same breath Frank motherfucking Sinatra. I think though that I mean yes, I understand Frank Sinatra, but I think it's just a considerable difference. No. It wasn't like she was making four thousand and he was making five thousand. It is considerable. This was like a considerable When she would have brought it up, I'd have been like, you know what, you're right. I'd have gave Frank Sinatra a motherfucking raise. Like, <laughs> do you know who this is? You talk about legend. <laughs> you talk about well, this, you talk about a, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. You talk about a person who's doing who's, who's somebody who's doing good. Teresa P. Henson is doing too a little bit too good enough for me to say it, but she's yeah. kind of still not doing it in the same level. But I'm talking about somebody who's kind of oh, like rising, uh, like like Zendaya. Zendaya. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The girl, the, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I love Zendaya. It's like her asking for the same money as The Rock. Y'all the same race, but you ain't The Rock. You don't bring numbers like that. Yeah, you've done a couple of good movies. You did Spider-Man as a co-star. But you ain't doing that. Not yet. So that's why I'm like, well, this is that's, that's not even about boy and girl. Because on the same breath, yeah. I would have taken your seat at the same time in, in the same uh, when your career did actually blossom. And then we have younger stars that's in there trying to come up. I'm trying to think of some younger stars that's in her time. Yeah. I mean, like, hell, I think the Jacksons came out in the 70s. So, yeah. I mean, even if yeah. Janet Jackson came out at five years old, but she did a couple of TV shows, I think she was on What's Happening. Yeah, she was on That's like yeah. me saying that Janet Jackson deserved your money when you at your big star time, because that's the time when you got big. Yeah. But she's doing TV shows, and this is her, like, third movie, and she over here like, I need to get Marilyn Monroe money. I be like, bitch, hold up. Yeah, you don't. You ain't dealing with Marilyn, did? Sure. <laughs> you yeah. ain't Frankie Sinatra. I mean, like Frankie is legend. She yeah. does become it. Mm-hmm. She does become legend. I will give her that. But at this moment, you are not. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I. It's crazy because um, I listened to some of Frank Sinatra yesterday too. While I was like researching this because it just got me into the old timey mood. I mean, and... you you can name Frank Sinatra and Elvis like in the same fucking voice. Like I'm telling you, yeah. he is legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you think you're supposed to be on his level? Well. And get his pay? <laughs> like, if you would have got his pay, what do you think Frank Sinatra, the multi, when platinum wasn't even a metal at the time? We right. didn't even know about the metal platinum. He was already getting that. Right. They had to invent a name of it. They was calling it, like, totalism. They didn't even know. They were like, just, he just takes over everything. No one knows what Frankie does. Like, like everyone, everyone on every place knew his motherfucking face. Yeah. And you get paid when he get paid? From being an extra and being a nasty chick on some movies, come on now, now that part I, I'm not I'm not down with. Mm. You don't deserve his pay. He worked hard for his pay. Don't knock it down because he a boy now. Well, because of all this, she felt she didn't like the script because that, the movie that she was supposed to co-star with him in, she didn't like the script because, again, it made her a dumb blonde. She didn't like her pay. And so because of that, she felt unappreciated. So she stopped going to any meetings and she stopped taking phone calls. You think Michael Jackson wouldn't have took a, Michael Jackson early in his career because he came out a little bit later? You don't think he would have took a movie with Fat Elvis? Yeah. I'm talking about Elvis be out of shape and all the shit. I'd have been his motherfucking bag boy walking around like I'm Chinese, but I'm a black kid. They'd be like, I'm so confused. Be like, I'll give you your back, son. <laughs> like, what the hell is he back there doing? Bro, I'm making millions. That's why I am. I'm rememberable. Oh, hell I'm no. here forever. You got to learn your play. Everybody, some season just seem like that moment. Other than now, she was doing some power stuff. But you ain't learned. You got to learn 
your place and stuff, man. Choose your lane. Mm-hmm. Is all I'm saying. Well, after, you know, she stopped taking calls, she stopped going to meetings, and she told the press that she's super unhappy. So she got suspended from Fox without pay during this time. Now, during this time, March 8th, 1952, this is when she starts a romance with baseball star Joe DiMaggio. And she was set up with him by her publicist. Now, those of you that don't know who Joe DiMaggio was, he was a baseball star that had won nine World Series. And so, you know, they started sleeping together. And so everybody, you know, asked her, like, you know, how her relationship is going. And she was like, he's as good in bed as he is on the field. So that tells you something because he won nine World Series. So she was just like, he's just so That was amazing. witty at the time. That yeah. was some hot sauce news right Yeah, there. it was. It was a whole lot of innuendo. What they call tongue in cheek. Yeah. So she became like the center of his universe. You know, he was always sending her roses, love cards. He bought her a whole Christmas tree, you know. And so she ends up like meeting his family, including his sister. And his sister actually taught her how to cook. And he had a son already from a previous relationship named Joe Jr. And so she really hit it off with him, you know. And he was one of the, he was another man though that wanted, you know, her to choose between him and her career. You know, because he wanted her to be a stay-at-home mom when they finally decided to have children. And she was like, I'm going to be the most famous woman in the world and I'm not giving that up, you know. Now, she was still suspended, but she was under contract, so she couldn't make movies anywhere else. So during this time while she was suspended, the two went and they eloped at City Hall and they ended up going to Tokyo for their honeymoon. Quick commercial, but it's Frankie Blue Eyes. Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah, that's his nickname, huh? Yeah, Blue Eyes. Yeah. You think Frankie Blue Eyes Sinatra. Just just putting it out there. You're not bigger. Yeah. Than, even, even now, it's hard to be bigger than Frankie. Well, we're actually going to talk more about him probably in part two because she ends up dating him, too. Girl, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. you know how big Frankie. <laughs> to be asking for Frankie? Yeah. Money? Old Blue Eyes? Yeah. That's what it is. Old Blue Eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was, this, this, I'm telling you, legend. Yeah. They did a movie called Sing with animals, and they had a, old, had a mouse that was sitting here. He ended up getting killed in the movie, but a mouse that's sitting here singing Frank Sinatra songs. I thought he was going to win the whole goddamn con- uh, contest. They was going to rig the movie to make oh. the mouse win. Oh, If no. he didn't get killed. Why? Because it's Frank motherfucking Oh my god! I think you guys would have been best friends if he was still alive because you love him so much. I I actually don't really listen to his music like that. I just think he has so much pizzazz. I think he like was he the had first the swag. like yeah, like I think he had the swag of rappers before they had it. Yeah, and knew how to rock that shit. Yeah, that I just admire. Mm-hmm. And it's the, honestly, and that and the fame, like I'm like, wow, it just sounds like he's talking. Like when I listen to his songs, it's not like he's just talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. but y'all love it. Like, you I came one. a day, I know. a I accomplished, but I did it my way. Like, he's just talking. Yeah. He could, he could be sitting on the couch having a fucking whiskey sitting there singing that song. You actually want to listen to him again, because I was like, <laughs> sitting there listening to all the old stuff yesterday while I was researching this case, and I was like, it just put me in the old timey mood. Yeah, he had mastered the art of kind of like talk singing yeah real real jazz there was another guy that did it it's, he's, he did it i forgot his name but they make fun of him all the time on family guy 
And well, I wouldn't say make fun of him, but they bring him up all the time on Family Guy. But he's like a, a Western singer, mm-hmm. but he masters the art of like talk singing. Oh yeah. Uh, what's the name to play Captain Kirk? Try to master it too, but he mm, it didn't but work didn't out work as for well. Him, huh? Yeah, but they—that's what I'm saying. So like Frankie, I, when I listen to him, I'll be like, this is like a guy just talking on music. You know, yeah, right. and, but people but love that, that shit. Yeah, is that sweat? How many babies do you think got you know made on some Frank Sinatra? Oh my gosh! Anybody that had blue eyes from nineteen let me say nineteen fifty to nineteen seventy. They all came from Frankie. Yeah, God. He was the man. So, Marilyn and Joe has just gotten married. Now they go to Tokyo. Now, the reason they go to Tokyo is it's, it's a honeymoon, but it's also like a work trip as well. Because, you know, um, Joe, uh, Joe DiMaggio, he's actually going to be teaching there, you know. So, he's going to be, you know, teaching some classes and, you know, stuff like that there. So they was like, okay, we'll just combine this, you know, business and pleasure. So as soon as the plane lands, there's like 10,000 or more fans that's like, you know, rushing up to the tarmac and, you know, everybody in Japan is just like trying to rush the plane. Right. And so the police and security has to like hold everybody back. And then Joe told her, he was like, oh my gosh, somebody must have tipped the fans off that I was going to be here, you know, because he's this super big baseball player. And so they're all sitting over here, like trying to get off the plane. So security actually has to like get them off the plane to make sure nobody like rushes them. And so they was, they was chanting in another language. So Marilyn didn't exactly know like what they were saying. And so one of the Japanese people, they said they're chanting sweet little girl. So they were actually, everybody was there for Marilyn. They weren't there for Joe. Like, you know, everybody was like, she's like, because in Japan, they saw her as like sweet and really pretty. And, you know, so it's funny. All these fans was bum rushing the plane and he thought it was for him. So this immediately pissed him off. Because they was he was like what like you know she's like outshining me so this becomes like you know but in Japan in Japan so it's like this is crazy because this becomes like their relationship like he constantly is jealous of her because she she's bigger than him and he sees that you know she's not he's, he's Joe DiMaggio but <laughs> and I'm, they're in Japan okay like but, you gotta understand we was barely even getting news from that at this timeline I think they thought the Japanese people drank blood we didn't even get all the information from what was going on in Japan oh my god it sounds like she's deals with, this is the second time where she deals with an insecure man cause once again I just start tapping her ass uh, all that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like I'm Joe mother duck of DiMaggio and I make money I'm on, <laughs> I'm, I'm on this highest level baseball team and going to go on in, in, in hall of fame history yeah like girl I got money already contractually made all you need to do is have buff ass babies yeah be, be who you are be, and be the best because we gonna turn this into some Jay Z Beyonce is all I feel like yeah yeah you know what I'm saying like in Japan, mm-hmm. they movie sales still don't do what ours do. I'm sorry, Japan. I love you guys, though. Because I still watch a lot of anime. Mm-hmm. But come on now. Mm. <laughs> well, we are just getting to understand the international level. They have Bollywood, and that's the first one that's major, even in a comparison to Hollywood. And that's come past in the past decade. Yeah. So think about that. That's very, very insecure for me. I'm like... Not shaking my head at you like, bro, you're not letting your girl get no type of shine. It right. sounds like you don't want her to get nothing. And it's like, why does this keep happening to Marilyn? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's crazy. So because of this, you know, she was offered, because he might remember this is a honeymoon, but he's also going to be working. So during her free time, she was actually offered to perform for the troops. Now there was over like 60,000 troops that was over there. And this was over a four day period. So she went to Korea to perform like singing and dancing and everyone there fell in love with her and everyone said good things about her. They was like, you know, cause remember in the United States, she was suspended because they was like, she was, you know, well, they said, yeah, no, not provocative. She was suspended because they said that she was, um, with a diva and she was like, you know, snobbish cause she was saying that she didn't like her pay and all that. But in Japan, they was like, she stood in soup kitchens. Like, you know, when it was time for her to eat and stuff like that, she waited in line. Like they, she didn't cut the line because she's Marilyn Monroe. And like, she actually sat down there and she was actually, you know, she, um, interacted with everyone and, you know. And that went all over the media about how, you know, she was very, I forgot the word. Um, humble. Yeah, she was very humble. That went all over the news and everything. So mind you, the U.S. is looking at this as well, right? So it was like, Everything that the U.S. is saying and the, their media is saying is not true. Like, she's not this diva and she's not, you know, some spoiled brat that's just complaining about everything. Like, this is what she does. She they didn't know who Frank Sinatra was. Well, I don't... <laughs> that's the flip. Because J-Lo, remember, J-Lo has actually missed out on some contracts asking for, like, white sheets and white furniture and white stuff in the room that she's going to stay in oh. while being there. Mm-hmm. And people have had to oblige to that contract. Oh, and yeah. see, I think it's white thousand thread sheets that she must sleep on. They must put them in the room. They must pay for this to go in the room she's going to stay in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they must white it out, pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a sense, you are being a diva girl. Mm-hmm. At that level, that's what I'm saying, at the level you wasn't at yet. Yeah. Is yeah. all I'm saying. Well, in Korea, she was giving out autographs. She was po- she posed for so many pictures in Korea that Korea ran out of film. Like I couldn't even believe it when I researched. Shut they up, ran- Nisha. Just they- keep reading. She- she- no, they ran that's out not of a film. fact. They- keep in mind, this is not the age of camera phones. This is actual like film that they yes, was using. I know. The whole country ran, ran out, out of film because the she whole po- country, the whole country ran out of film. This yes, is no. you better go look that up yourself. The whole country Girl, ran that is out gonna of film. be some Google shit for real. Yes, Google it. The whole country ran out of film because Marilyn Monroe took so many pictures of everybody. And keep in mind, it wasn't like these kind of cameras. I think it was like the you know, like those old school ads like You said all of the country of Korea it, actual, came over to where Marilyn Monroe was at. Yes. They Couldn't was, even speak her language. And they was taking pictures. This is and how, took so many pictures. That the country ran out of fucking film. This so not, how I was they able to either. develop it? They must have ran out of solution and polluted this. They they water I couldn't because even, you have millions of people or hundreds of thousands of yeah, them now trying to get stuff developed, and now you're gonna turn your water into toxic waste because it's so much well, I guess, in this instant moment. Like that's one of the things you can actually do to really corrupt the system is if everybody flushed the toilet at one time. If we all unified and flush the toilet at one time, we fuck up this system. Oh well, let's do it. No, no I'm kidding. Like girl, because that's just I, so I, much no, crap going down at one system. time. But it's one of those, I want to see what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> and you're claiming that everybody focused in. And that's the same thing with the, if, if we, that's the same thing. Let me not do this to you guys out in the world because okay. the system is actually built on electronics. And because I do understand about stocks and pushing forward money and all that. But in actuality, you know how you can actually crash banks? Everybody takes their money out of it. Everybody, just, yes. It's everybody agrees, not even to do no bank robbery. Just take your actual money out. I don't care if it's just $6. But if we all do it at the same time, 
will crash the whole bank system Mm -hmm. because it's not really there. Yeah. Well, it sounds like this is what happened. So, yeah, it's not actually what I'm saying is damn. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, this I this She caused a, a system crash. Yeah, this was a big thing. Marilyn Monroe was in the house. I can't wait until this happens for me. Like, I just want to crash the system. Well, let me tell you, girl, that, like, <laughs> that, like, I'm petty like that. I'd be like, and this is when I roll my dick on her face. Like, <laughs> while you guys are taking the pictures, I just, like, let it slide out like Janet Jackson's titty. That is my dick just slide out and just land on your face like plop. Like, oops. What? Take pictures of that motherfucker. <laughs> and I just sit in there for like three minutes, like tick, 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 tick. Like I just can't pick it up. I don't know what's going on. It keeps going down and flapping back on her face. So in March 1954, Xanet took Marilyn off suspension because it was just so much. Like, they had to, she was, like, in demand now. And then after everything she did in Korea, they had to remove her suspension. And he told her that she didn't have to do any movies she didn't want to do, and she only had to do two films a year. And she was also going to get a $100,000 bonus. So it worked out for her. Yes. yes. Yes, it did. Women's empowerment. Love me some Marilyn. I wouldn't even say this is it's what YouTube stars have done to Hollywood. She mm-hmm. bullied her way in a sense of even though it's in Japan and it's out of country, you have showed that you have a marketability. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, I don't think people fathom how much 10,000 people is. Yeah. It's a shitload of people. Yeah. To come around. Like, you you not even be able to move. Mm-hmm. They can tear off your limbs, 10,000 people. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a, a mass like that. It yeah. just became marketable where businesses was like, we want to get in on this money. Yeah. I wouldn't say that in so much of a sense, like, you know, she did, a, you know, you know, that and they turned around and they just convinced. But the funny thing is, and I've learned with the industry people, is they are fickle mm-hmm. as long as the dollar comes. They will love you like they're like they don't love their own children, and they will love you harder than their own children. I've yeah. seen it happen. <laughs> they will do things for you that they won't even do for their own children. Mm-hmm. While you're hot, yeah. And as soon as that shit goes cold, they'll act like they never knew your name. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen that happen a lot, all the time. Right now, her next film is the iconic film, and it's the Seven Year Itch. Oh my gosh, so this is where she wears that silky white dress. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah, and she stands on that subway grade. This grade. is the one. Yeah, and the air is just blowing up her skirt. She shouldn't have worn no even panties on there. I oh think, my gosh. I always wanted to know if she had a fat muff. I don't know. I'm thinking so. I like a PHAT muff, like for real. Yeah. Now, this became super iconic, and I'm going to put these pictures up on Instagram because they're so beautiful. Like, you could just see her. Now, the problem was Joe DiMaggio happened to be on set during this time and he was infuriated by this because he was like, you know, your skirt's rising up. Like, he was just really pissed off. Were they off. still together? Yeah, they were still together because remember they got married and now they're back. Yeah, but I thought he was sitting there having fits and all the shit. Well, he so was, they got yeah. back? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so at this point they're still married. They did their honeymoon. All that stuff happened. Now she's back. She got her stuff back. So they're together. They're still married. And he was on set watching this. Once again, as Joe DiMaggio, you kept having all type of cut scenes with my ass on the side of the thing. like <laughs> And a piece of my dick too. Like, who's hitting that? God. Like, is that a tip of a dick? What is that over there? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, who's hitting that? Yeah. 
Don't you wish it was? <laughs> like, cause I ain't gonna lie, a lot of motherfuckers wish they was Jay Z. Oh and even God. he know he big lipped and not the most handsomest motherfucker, but he like you wish he was me, don't you? <laughs> when she said her body too bootylicious, and then she walks off the stage with her glitter and stuff and go put on her normal clothes. Guess what's happening tonight? <laughs> You're not gonna see her ever again. I guarantee that, but I sure will. <laughs> oh my gosh! So. Basically, Joe DiMaggio, he was infuriated. He just kind of walked off the set and she saw him walk off, but she didn't, you know, do anything about it. She just continued on with her takes. You know what I mean? You cannot. Yeah, I mean, you as, can. as, 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 Yeah. Because so that made him even madder because he was like, oh, you're choosing your career over me again. Like, so what is she supposed to do? Run off set and go after you? No, like, that's not what's going to happen. You know? Unfortunately, acting is a job. Yeah, it's a job. People may not respect it, but mm-hmm. you cannot just right over jump person- off. Yeah, jump off set or jump out of your personality and then go over and do some stuff. Right. You know, and being just in just the, like I said, I haven't been in movies, but I've been in theater and I've mm-hmm. done a lot of produ- producing with music. So it's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, per second. Mm-hmm. So if you walk off and fuck up a take, you're losing people money. Yeah. He he's not respecting her. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying at all. Yeah. Now this this part makes me so mad. So that night he became very abusive and very violent because they were staying at a hotel during this time because you know of her filming and stuff. So guests at the hotel heard screaming and bumping because he was beating her ass. Who the fuck puts their hands on Marilyn Monroe? Like that's what I want to know. I mean, a guy that can beat Oprah. But he said. That's he beat the fuck out of Marilyn Monroe. Like that pissed me off because Marilyn Monroe, you don't put your hands on Marilyn Monroe. Like I swear, I wish I would have morphed back into that time. For what? So you could be a Negro that would get abused and shit, and probably shot for coming up and stepping out of your place. Marilyn would have had your ass taken out. Like <laughs> Negro, what are you doing? Don't you open this door right now? I don't care your light skin and you look like a house Negro. <laughs> get your ass the fuck up out of here. I don't want nobody seeing this. Oh, hell. And, <laughs> no, girl, you don't even want to go back to it. Because. You know what I'm saying? But I will, I will say, like, it is, it, it was too much of his ego. Like, yeah. that fatness. Mm-hmm. Like, will, is it, like, I, I, will, I ain't gonna lie. If I was with somebody like Cardi B. Yeah. Even Nicki Minaj, who, I don't know, I, I feel like her thickness is, is a little bit better just of what I like, but I, I like how it be structured, but it's, uh, both of them are selling sexuality. Yeah, right. Um, and actually, girl, like Fergie, whoo! Uh, not Fergie, what's her name that's crazy with the with the baby daddy and she always puts the stuff on Instagram. Oh, uh, Jade and Alexis. Yeah, her too, but it's a it's one that's a white girl that's a rapper, not oh. Fergie, but... Uh, oh, Iggy Azalea. Iggy. Oh my God. Woo! You look at her and you see what she do in videos and you be like, oh my oh, God. Yeah. She's like, thick. Right? Like you'd be like, we'll be together forever. Like you think your life will be happy after that. And you'll be singing Brady Bunch songs. <laughs> but she brings the drama. Uh it's too much. It's too much. But what I'm saying is is you looking at that interaction, but they are also putting that out there all the time yeah and this is a different time period where it becomes hard to think that's just for you Mm -hmm. so some of it i do kind of relate to and i'm kind of i'm trying to give him a little bit of a pass not on the physical interaction at all oh yeah (laughs) i'm saying about your insecurities 
in a sense about you guys' relationship. Mm-hmm. But it is not excusable for you to be a guy to be beating on her. Yeah. And hitting oh. on her. Oh my God. Because she didn't want to stop her job stuff. Right. So at the end of it all, I honestly, it sounds like some square stuff, but what I do, I'll be like, I just don't think your job's for me. I, maybe I'm not cool enough. I'll even, I, sometimes I admit I'm not cool enough. Mm-hmm. But like, I, it's something more than I can handle. You're going to be out all the time and be taking pictures with the guys. I just don't know if I'm that guy. Yeah. And it's, it's scary, especially even in those times. Is what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm kind of giving him the leash on the leash. I'm, I'm letting his leash out some, giving him some more string. On he does he he's in a time period where men were not even allowed to understand emotions like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Especially as a white man, he wasn't allowed to understand emotions like that. And I feel like that a lot with even white men now is they're afraid to have the emotions. They're afraid to be there, and they're afraid to be uh, more responsive and hurt sometimes mm-hmm. about things and mm-hmm. insecure about things mm-hmm. because they feel like that makes them less of a man. Mm. I heard that I think, like a lot of men like go through that like, yes. like men aren't even supposed to be seen crying that's yeah, been like that for a long time is, I read in science is men experience more emotions than women Oh yeah. But it's because we are raised to not express it at all it becomes an extremely conf- uh, uh, contradicting and confusing thing that goes on inside you yeah and it starts from when you guys are really little because i know like if you fall or something and like you scrape your knee even if you're like two or three years old your dad is like don't cry you better man up and right. it's like, you know, you feel like your leg, yeah, you yeah. Know, in your mind your leg just got broken yeah. it's the most pain you've ever experienced in yeah. your life at this time yeah and they're like don't you cry man up men don't cry and you're like how the hell because i've been that kid yeah and you think to yourself like how how did you get to this level when did that start happening for you with this huge pain and i'm blood coming out is not enough to make me cry yeah you know yeah like what happened in between is what made me afraid i was like i must be going through i must i'm gonna go through a whole lot more pain than just this yeah where me falling down and i feel like i broke my leg and i broke my wrist one of the times and my, my mother was the one until she saw what it was, and she said she regretted it afterwards, so I'm not sitting here knocking on it. But she was one of those people who made that speech to me, because I came up to the window crying, and I had broke my wrist playing up with my friends. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you need to toughen up. Don't cry. Shut up and, and toughen up. Be a man. And she was like, nah. And I went, I, I actually did. I, like, sucked it all in, and she was like, now what's wrong? And I showed her my hand, and she screamed. Oh, damn. And then, like I said, when I was in the hospital, she apologized profusely, like, baby... I'm sorry uh-huh. because she before she even knew what was going on, she was just looking at me crying. Yeah, and she didn't look at the fact that I broke my wrist. Yeah, like my whole hand was like three inches uh, below uh. where my, my 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 whole arm was. Yeah, that and it almost... was flopping around. Oh hell no! That's uh, that makes my wrist hurt. Right. So for her, she was like, for she was like, and she even admitted later, like, I'm sorry. I was just taught like that's what you're supposed to say and just man up and all this stuff. But she was like, once she registered the extremity that she's not even going through this pain as an adult. Yeah. And I'm going through this pain as a seven year old. Yeah. Yes, I have the right to cry. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, the next day when Marilyn came, you know, on set, she had a bunch of bruises and the makeup artist had to apply makeup to cover up all the bruising that she had from getting beat up. I said nobody reported that. Yeah. So after returning from New York City, because the filming was in New York City, to Hollywood in October 1954, Marilyn actually filed for divorce. They had only been married for nine months during this time. Now, Marilyn was so heartbroken that she stayed in her house and she just cried and cried and cried for days. And she actually, this is when she started depending on sleeping pills because she started suffering from depression and it was really hard for her to get to sleep. So she would actually have to, you know, use sleeping pills. And what she would do is she would use uppers and then she would use downers because she was trying to synchronize her sleeping schedule. And she was trying to work through her depression at the same time. Aren't you over here talking about taking pills for uppers and downers? That is healthy. Are you sitting over here telling my business on this podcast? Because Uh, there's a lot of things that I tell you in confidence, but you're telling the whole world. Oh, okay. I'm saying it. You're Marilyn Monroe, as I was saying. Uh, you know what? I'm going to beat your ass after this show because you're telling my Mama, freaking... I did not know that that was the confidential part. So okay. I apologize. Because you know what? What the hell? I mean, people are going to think I'm a drug addict. I'm not a drug addict, everyone. No, I'm saying, <laughs> no, you have to just say, is, I don't think that's as bad as what it is. Oh, you know yeah. It depends on how you're doing it. You know what I mean? Because some people have, you know, sleeping schedules and, you know, sometimes. I mean, energy drinks things. is an upper. Oh, right. Yes. Energy drinks is an upper. They are. And you do energy drinks. So don't just tell about what I'm doing. Baby, I'm not saying. I promise you. I was not sitting here busting you out. Okay. Buddha drinks like 10 energy drinks a day. (laughs) I do not. (laughs) (laughs) But. I'm going to snitch on you too. What I'm saying is that I do feel like she felt her career was high octane. Yeah, it was. Because, and so yeah. she was doing things that was enhancing. This is the same thing. I don't condone actually people even using cocaine. Crazy enough. Yeah. I'm He's not, not crazy because, enough. Like, I'm, I'm just I'll not. Tell, right. But it all depends on how much drive you have in your life. Now, I will say that stress, and I do believe that stress and stretching yourself thin is going to be the actual killer more yeah. than the cocaine. Well, speaking of it, it's like, I, you know, I don't want to go on a tangent, but I do want to know, what do you think about like heroin? Because I never understood it. Like, how do you find your vein? You know, I, mean? I never understood like people that do heroin because we're not doctors. Like, you can't find your vein. Like, I'm like, how are you doing that? Heroin was the one drug I thought was always scary. That's hella scary. It's risky. It's transferring of blood. It's one of the main reasons why AIDS got transferred well, over. Well, I don't understand. The the whole sharing of the needles, I didn't understand either. Because why don't you just keep your same needle and use your needle over and over again instead of sharing with somebody else? Even your own needle can contaminate you. But but not with I mean yeah I guess your own needle could but you if you don't have hepatitis or HIV or something like you're not getting it from your own. But you needle. You have to go back and clean your needle, and the best time to clean it is during the time you're getting your peak of your high, like like. Oh, so you just hurry up and just right. Well, like, like, I never with needles, that. you don't really want them to sit and let the blood dry out. If you're right. gonna clean them, you just you need to clean them as early as possible. So, okay, so that's but why people... you just used it and you're high and you're not really... You're going to be... It's going to be 12 hours for you to even give a shit anymore. Yeah. Because I always wondered that. But I'm yeah, like... No, that would have been the best effect way... Actually, Ray right. Charles was one of the people that did it. And that's one of the reasons why he didn't get to the diseases. 
is because he did have his own system. And oh, efficient. that makes sense. So you have to really like remember, <laughs> hey, I got to clean this needle. Right. That has to be like part of your high before you even start getting hella high. Like, let me clean this needle and take care of this and put it back. Yeah. And so I can... it's right. <laughs> right. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, I'm cleaning my own fucking needle because I'm not using your shit. Like, that just was... I was like, I don't get it. The crazy thing is, I think of heroin as a drug more than I think of cocaine. Yeah. Because of the injection part. Yeah. You know, like cocaine is something that was even put in Coca-Cola. Yeah. At one point line. Let's all keep it real. Yeah. It was also promoted as like the first coffee. Those snuff cases that rich people used to have when they ran. Yeah. That was cocaine, girl. Yeah. Get a look up above. Keep themselves going. Yeah. And I've seen people be very active. It is an alert stimulant. Yeah. In the same thing as uh, I put Red Bull in they, that same category. Yeah. All honesty. Oh, yeah, so it's that's not bad. That, and coffee is yeah. the same. It's the same thing. It's in that same yeah. boat. But heroin, people aren't doing it to keep themselves going. They're just going because supposedly it's the best high you'll ever get yeah, in Yeah, it's supposed to but... be like, and I, from the few that I've seen, it almost like turning them into like zucchini. Mm-mm. They just lay out and it look like they're going to come on themselves. Damn. Like they just lay out and just be there and just, oh, and they feel so good. And it looked like they're just about to nut on themselves and just lay there. Like, nobody <laughs> even touched you. That, that's crazy because I, because you know, there's just so many things. Because you know, you can get air bubbles and stuff. So I'm like, how the fuck? Because I refuse to think that like people that was doing heroin are smarter than doctors. So how the fuck are you guys consistently hitting that vein and getting it right? Like, I just yeah, don't. And they don't. They bruise it. Um, they come in in wrong angles all the time. They overuse the same vein because it's the one easier to get to. Oh. And veins do get overstrained yeah. as well. So it, it wasn't, that's what I'm saying. It, because of something and on that medical level, that's like somebody saying they inject morphine. Yeah. Like, woo, you, you're on some real ass level stuff. I heard people starting to do it in their feet. Did you hear about that? Because they run out of veins, so they got to yeah, put it in their feet. Well, I heard that because I have friends that was in the military. So they would do it between their toes, and they actually would do it. Uh, on, that's what I was like. You got to ask yourself how far you're going. But they actually would do it in that between the eye, they like eye. right there where your eye connects with your nose. No, like right I didn't area. hear that one. You yeah. put that shit in your eye. You put yeah, hair on in your fucking people, eyeball. Yeah, a lot of military people would inject it that place into their eye. Oh no, that's when it's like, okay, I don't need to get high. I'm good. Like you know, because when it comes to putting a needle in your fucking eye. Yeah, you gotta watch that shit come in and stab yourself in oh. your own. That, that crease right here, that, that part right there. That, yeah, that, that that's why I was like, part. what the fuck? So it actually goes in the eyeball. Yeah, with that pink part right before your eye starts. Oh, no. They stab it right How in there. How good is that high for you to put it in your eyeball? It, it's supposed to be good because it goes directly to your brain. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's close to the nervous system. It's so, supposed to be really fucking good. Yeah. The one that you direct to your toes take a while, but the one in your eye get there. Yeah, like how there do you get? Like put, almost immediately. It's better put, than that. They say it's better than putting it in the leg. In the arm. <laughs> It's better than doing your arm. If you inject in your eye, they say you almost feel it immediately. <laughs> what the fuck does that feel like? You just I have some D-boy your friends. Eye. I have never done that. They've oh, told me, like, you should not be out here. You are not that person. Right. You, you just, they even say, you're not about that life. That's what they'd say that. Right, you just stuck time. a fucking needle in your eye. Like, how good can you feel Girl, because I was the person asking stuff like that. Like, you can handle that? I was that weird friend. So you saw them stuff. doing it? Yeah. Oh, well, one military friend. Yeah. A military friend had told me and showed me how he gets past the military level. And they injected in their eye. 
So what? That helps you pass the drug test or something? Because they're checking for spots on your arm. Yeah. Uh, and ch- holes and stuff. Well, I'm thinking Who's about, thinking you putting a uh, poking a needle in your eye? But I'm thinking about a piss test. That's don't that don't come out in your pee. Oh no, no. The coldest part is a good amount of these drugs, like heroin too. I think you piss it out in like seventy two hours. Uh, yeah, I know that because like with um, I think it's ecstasy and coke too. That's seventy two hours. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Like they don't even know. You pissed it all out. Yeah. And especially if you drink cranberry juice and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, hell it all out. Yeah. Damn. I'm sorry. You guys, it's not Weed is the one drug that stays in your system who does the least, but for 30 days. Not every drug is like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, weed, is, weed will fuck you up. 30 days? That's a long-ass fucking time. I failed, I failed uh, an electrician. I was going to become an electrician. I failed the test because I yeah. took a hit on my birthday earlier that month. And they did my interview around Thanksgiving time and they found weed in my system. That's fucked up. I, yeah, when you told me that story, I was so mad. Like, Buddha could have been so much in life, but he chose to smoke weed. Girl, I, I don't regret any of it, but I do tell my children to make wiser decisions. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's critical of just what you do. So, basically, you know, this was during the time when Marilyn left Hollywood and she left for the East Coast, you know, and she had her photographer, Milton Green. They founded a production company called Marilyn Monroe Productions. So, you know, she wanted to be an equal in the production company. You know, she was tired of just, you know, acting. She wanted to do something else. So the next day she sat down to breakfast, you know, with the newspaper and they tore her completely apart. The newspaper said that, you know, she was a stupid girl. She was getting stupid advice. Like, why did she start her own company? You know, and this began a year long battle with Fox who didn't want to let her go because she was still under contract, but she wanted to go because she had wanted to start her own production company. So what happened was Marilyn ended up moving to Manhattan in 1955. So when Marilyn moved to Manhattan, she really studied acting. I mean, she went to acting school and she actually took on the name Zelda Zonk. Now, Zelda Zonk, she um, was, you know, somebody that she became because she didn't want like people like bothering her. So she wanted to be incognito for a while. So she didn't want anybody to know who she was. And this was her time of getting over her divorce and really just working on herself. She's really into that double letter, first name, last thing thing. I think oh, Marilyn yeah. Monroe, Zelda Zonk. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now, during this time, she dyed her hair black. She wore big black sunglasses. And she really blended into New York. So nobody knew no, who she, she was. She really blended in. No, she didn't. You don't think she blended in? Like, New York is like... You know, she really, like, nobody ever knew who she was. Like, you know, because she, and she met new friends, mm. you know. So she wouldn't be recognized. We, it, like in California, that's like Demi Moore or, or uh, shit, does this even say Cardi? Cardi B throws some sunglasses on and dye her hair and nobody knows who she is. <laughs> okay, girl. Okay, we'll all act like we don't if we want to be your friend. If that's what you're going to do. But like, I'm not Cardi, I'm Zelda. Like, right, girl, right. Yeah, you Zelda. <laughs> That's what you just did to everybody. We knew you was Marilyn. But who the fuck gonna sit here and tell Marilyn she ain't Marilyn? Yeah. When she wanna be Zelda. Now, during this time, she started taking private classes. <laughs> she started writing poetry. She went to museums, theaters. And then she started mingling with a lot of New York Broadway actors, right? 
And this is where things really take a turn for her because some of the people, her new friends, her new actor friends told her about this acting school called the Actor Studio. And hold on, hold on. I just thought about something on the flip side. Huh. If this is true, okay, Breezy, you are in New York, uh huh, and you claim that you can disappear, uh huh, by just changing your name and dyeing your hair, and you thought you should be paid as much as Frank Sinatra. <laughs> oh my gosh! I you think he can dye his hair and they won't know that's Frankie? Oh my gosh! I didn't even think about that then. From what I was just saying before, you feeling yourself a little too much. Where you can just go to another place and dye your hair and nobody knows you're a celebrity. Mm. But you're wanting Frank Sinatra money. In New York. You think nobody in New York know who Frank Sinatra is? Oh my gosh. That's where they say theater began. That's where they say movie production began is in New York. Yeah. So you yeah. are at the pinnacle of this time. Hollywood isn't even that big yet. New York is the big place. And nobody knows who the fuck you are? And you want his money? Just keep reading. <laughs> so, basically, she got introduced to the actor studio, and this was by Lee Strasberg. He was a super huge um, acting coach. And he actually had trained Marlon Brando, Sidney Poitier, James Dean. Like, these were some of his students. And I've done a couple plays with Sidney Poitier's movies. That's what I'm trying to say. Prestige. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. Some theater in New York. I, I've done some plays of Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. You talking about prestige. Mm-hmm. And this is when things is going to like start. In part two, I'm going to talk about like her big transformation. Like this is like She was on the map, but like she's going to start. She's going to get Yeah, now you're going to start doing it. Yeah. Now you're going to become Maryland. But she's all I'm saying is you thing. was not that and then called it sexist. <laughs> so... Lee Strasberg actually did a lot of method acting. His whole thing was method. And she had never done method acting up until this point. Now, his whole thing was actually, you know, he went at him and his wife. Like, they, if you work with them, you're going to get where you need to be. Because, you know, they even, like, what they would do is they would actually even make you go to therapy and pull out, like, all, like, the inner demons in yourself so that you can really be emotional on stage. So you can oh. really have something to think about. So all of his students that had to go to therapy. traumatic. Yeah. Wonderful to watch and psychologically b- b- deteriorating. Yeah. Like, you're going to end up like Martin Lawrence or somebody front lawn holding a twenty two in your hand. Yeah. He, he, uh, Lee Strasberg and his wife, Paula, did not find around you know so she but as an actor you, you saying you're getting into that you can lose yourself mm-hmm. you'll see you'll see that later but you actually some actors especially if they're method actors and i do believe in that process do you even know what method actor is yeah i think everybody knows what method actor is. everybody don't you should explain what method acting is. Yeah, I think you should explain it since you know so much about it. Well, the method acting is, if you want me to go ahead and explain it, is, is someone who gives into the character and believe it so much that they believe they incarnate it to where they're not coming out of character even when it's offset. This is something that is dangerous. That means that they will get their makeup done and sometimes it happens before they get a makeup done. Depending yeah. on the actor, where they are this person same thing happened to, it did happen to martin lawrence that's one of the reasons why he was in the middle of the street holding a gun pointing to the people and uh had to be had to be and then had to be later sub- subdued 
after passing on the lawn because his mind was trying to figure out what was going on. He was in the middle of an intersection. He thought he was a cop. Yeah, that's what that, that I forgot what his name was, but the guy that the most recent Joker, not the, the Harley Quinn Joker, he, he does method acting and everybody was like, he was like freaking them out on set because even when they weren't filming, he was doing crazy stuff like antagonizing people because he was supposed to be against them, but he wanted to stay in that mode. But he, it's know? not he wanted to. Yeah. He and is the guy a that played as Dahmer too. Actor. The guy that played as Dominic. Also, did you know the guy that's in um, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie? What is it? Not the. It's not called the Five Points. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. The guy that actually played Bill the Butcher is a method actor, and they said they would come up in the gym and he'd be on a treadmill and he'd be Bill the fucking Butcher. Staring at your ass. That's what I'm saying. It's a psychosis thing that you have to go to detox camps. They have actually started building those. Yeah, this is because some serious stuff. He's this is what I'm trying to tell you is for a person that understands the theory of method action, which I believe is the best form of action, I will tell you that the best acting is method acting. Mm-hmm. Is when you were on that treadmill though, you wasn't meeting the actor. That's fucking Bill the Butcher. Even in his mind. Yeah, that's why they said the guy that played Dahmer, like Peter Evans, he was like, you know, he was, you know, Dahmer. Like he, and he said that took a lot out of him to be Dahmer that, that whole time. Cause even like, um, gosh, what was her name? Niecy Nash. Like, you know, she was the neighbor that was like snitching on him and stuff. And she was like, she didn't want to take him out of his mode even when they wasn't filming. Cause she was like, you know, they were supposed to be against him. Because it becomes dangerous. That's yeah. the same reason you gotta play Joker. They got the award. He said he method acted. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was great. He, oh my gosh, that's one of the best Jokers. He's, he's, he's actually better than Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. He's actually what Joker's supposed to be. But it killed him. Yeah, sometimes, you know. Because of the fact that what, and he'll tell you, he's not Mr. Orlando. He's Joker. You don't get it. So if Joker decides he's going to start killing people, even though this is a movie, he's Joker. Yeah, right. He's like, that kind of fits. Psychotically, this makes sense. Because these, that you really start believing you are that being. Mm-hmm. But the, in the same breath, that's great acting. Yeah. So during this time, she ends up changing her hair back to blonde because she's like, she, you know, she's getting into this mode now. And she grew really close to, you know, to Lee Strasberg and his wife. And she actually ended up firing her old acting coaches and she just wanted to work strictly with them, you know. So she started doing like private lessons at their house and she became like one of their family members. This is how close like she got to them. And, you know, for the rest of her career, they really became, you know, someone that's influential in her life. You know, she even, most of her estate actually went to the Strasburgs after she passed because she never had any kids or anything. And so... That's promiscuous as she's known to be. Never having kids is interesting. Well, we'll get into that in part two. We're going to get into that reason. Yeah. I, I, I Just thinking about it, I was like, there has to be a story behind that. Yeah, there is going to be a major story behind it. It's not that she never tried, you know. So she started going, like I said, under a psychoanalyst and she started going to therapy. And, you know, because Lee Strasberg, like I said, believed that the actor has to confront their emotional traumas and use them in their performances. So we're going to get into all that into part two. So this is where I'm going to stop because I know this has been a very long episode, hasn't it, Buddha? Girl, you've been pulling me through a lot. Yeah, you've been really trucking through it. Explain this method acting stuff. 
Yeah, I'm that's good. like the one thing you explained. So that's awesome. I'm sure that the they... one thing I. <laughs> I'm sure Thank everybody's gonna. That's the every... one thing I've ever explained in all of this. Whole time. <laughs> See, watering you, me. You, look, you told me to start giving you more responsibility, and that's what I did. That I do need it because yeah, you're know, trying to get movie stars stuff on me. Like, that's all that he does. He oh. just talks on the side. That's the first time he's ever done that. So, ah. you know, like everyone, this is the day that Buddha has actually said something. <laughs> Like, oh. motherfucker, what? Oh my gosh, isn't that hilarious? I'm over here working my tail and announcing on my script just like you are. Yes, you are, Buddha. I take the low road. You're definitely the other half of this podcast, and we love you so much. Well, thank you for giving me some of my shots. Yes, you're the man half of this podcast, and I'm the woman half, and they can't coexist without each other. Can they not? Because you would like me not to. Uh, you be trying not to have me help you out with your womanness. <laughs> And in this thing, the woman gets paid more. Yes, world, I'm putting it out there. Oh, my God. She can't talk about no type of women's rights. She makes more than a man does in this situation. Oh, my MG. Well, I have some announcements. So the first announcement is... You remember I told I think I already told you about my book signing January twentieth. Did I already tell you about that? Was you gonna read some of your books? Uh, that's days? next episode. This one's too long already. But, oh girl! And so January twentieth, me and my friend Donna are having a joint book signing. So if you guys are in the Bay Area, come to Multicultural Bookstore, and that's at two sixty Richmond. It's in Richmond, California. So we will be there signing yeah, our books. The hood. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there. But it's, you, don't, you can't go to Emeryville or Berkeley? Buddha, that's where they're welcoming us. I talked to the owner of you the bookstore. gangsters. You know what? You don't have people thinking they're going to get shot by coming to see me. Or don't you know have what? people thinking they won't get shot by coming to see you. Anyways, we will be there at 4 o'clock to sign our books. Donna and I doing our joint While the sign. sun is still up. You better do this while the sun is up. And, and Anyways, Buddha, and next episode, I'm actually going to be reading a snippet of my new book so that you guys can get an idea of what I'll be signing for you. So if you're in the Bay Area, I'll be so excited to see you guys. If you show up, that'd be so great. Which book are you reading? Ah, Functional, but in love with the cocaine. Functional, but in love with the cocaine. We was just talking about drugs, so that's like so perfect, isn't it? I mean, is that your life? No, that's that. I'm the life of an author. I wrote this book. But you know about the life of someone who's functional but in love and cocaine. Anyways, it's going to be... Enough to write a book. Anyways, it's going to be a two-part series. Uh Uh-huh. And, yeah. You know, two-part series of that. You could write two volumes of books on this. Anyways. So, yes, I'll look forward to, you know, seeing you guys. And the other thing is I wanted to give a shout-out to Down the Rabbit Hole, our friend David. Mm, You know, David. David. No, he's the man half of One Nothing Podcast, and I just ordered me a tank top from him. So when we start our Patreon, I'm going to like wear the tank top along with my other friend's shirt, because that's what I'm going to use to work out in. We're going to work out. And they're tank tops? Well, yeah, and the tank top, and it's called Down the Rabbit Hole, so you guys should check it out. I'm a fan of Alice in Wonderland, so already that's Yeah, so Buddha and I are going to the gym. So I'm excited. Yes. So, yes. so are you gonna, forcing me, you guys. So are you going to get your down the rabbit hole tank top like I did? I don't know if I'm going to be down anybody's hole while I'm going to the gym. <laughs> but I will go out there and make sure I'm wearing exercise gear. Yes. And um, 
I think I'm gonna start taking pictures the before and after so people can watch my journey. Yeah, you're gonna look so good. Out. It's gonna be so great. I can't wait. Girl, I wanna come out of here looking like I am the dude that played Spawn or why did I get married? Yeah. Was it Mike, uh, Michael B. Jordan? No, no, no you Michael, said Michael Jaw White. Michael Jaw White. Oh he, girl. You're gonna look I am heterosexual yeah. and I will rub all upon his arms. Oh yeah. Real talk. Yeah, yeah. You always talk about that. That's your dream. So when we start the gym, why not? Somebody, why don't women want to be having sex with Michael J. White as much as who? I don't hear women being like, "Ooh, I will fuck on some Michael J. White." I don't know. Why I'll not? Say, he got the body and all this. I stuff. think everybody's stuck on the Rock, so that's oh, why. Man, the Rock he and is. mine is Jason Momoa. That's oh my god. Really? He has big man titties. He got big, yeah. But I mean, they are muscle man. He don't be playing though, around. He, he is a D cup. He yeah. Can, he has juicy titty man. <laughs> like, have you seen it? Have you seen Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, I love Game of Thrones. That's like my his favorite chest fucking show came right out more than his arms. Yeah. Like, he had big man titty. That's amazing. He can knock you out with his titty. <laughs> Well, in the meantime, make sure you like our show, rate our show, review our show, and on whatever platform, because it really helps the show out. We've been getting five-star ratings. Keep it going. Yes. We, become a, we become a competition, y'all, but we'll talk about that later. I know. Isn't it great? Our Spotify rap looks so good. So thank you, all of you guys who really support this show. So please keep rating us and reviewing us five stars. No bad reviews. Love you guys. Yes, this is great. And also follow the show, Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Show, Facebook, Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Um, you can send us a Gmail, right? Hot Garbage News at gmail.com. And you can follow my TikTok, Author Nisha, because I'm an author too, right? Well, we're going to all find out. You're going to start reading these books on here. Yeah. It's about to get real, y'all. You're about to strap in for the next two, three episodes. Nisha's books will blow your head off. Yeah. So, yes, until then, take care. Watch your back out there.